It's go time on a Monday morning. I got a case of the moon days. Uh, where did the weekend go? It went fast, went quick. My man come off a three-dayer. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How are we doing in there? Where we go? What are we doing? Oh, man. Uh-huh. I'm ready do? to go back, man. Where'd you go? You in South Florida? South Florida, papito. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> well, good for you. It is hanging here on the homestead. Laid back, Jayville, for your boy. But it was crazy. I was up at 6 o'clock listening. <laughs> I'm an early riser, yeah, man. Or late, or late to better. That too. That too. I went out Saturday night, hung out a little bit. Got some love, some Googans and Guganellas out there. It's always nice to hear. Appreciate y'all. Um, up at Adam, we'll, we'll make it through another one here. And look, in case you missed it, the interesting beginnings to the offseason plan started to peel back the curtain a little bit. Relatively quiet because it happened over the weekend, so you may not even be aware yet of some roster moves, some decisions made by the Jaguars. As you look to clear cap and create space for either your own or for free agents that are out there, there are a couple of different ways that you do it, right? The one that catches our eyes uh, the most, or when you just flat out release a guy and you say, boom, 16 million or whatever the number is, Shaq Griffin's going to fall in that category. I would, you know, be willing to bet uh, sooner rather than later. And so, boom, they cut. Yeah, it's dead money. You got to pay him. But from the salary cap perspective, you'll save a lot of money. And it's those big ones. Bobby Wagner getting let go in, in L.A. last week, right? It's those that really catch your eye. But especially in the Jaguar situation, a young team that's developing. It's also interesting to see who they restructure because that's also giving you an idea who they're going to ride now for another couple of years. And we had a couple of guys fall into that category uh, this weekend and a third who was never really in any uh, doubt as to whether or not he would be back. And that's uh, Foye Luwakun had his deal restructured. It'll save him some money under the cap. I don't think it really affects anything as for the the commitment and the, you know, and the, and the future of Luwakun here in Jacksonville. But a couple of other guys, I think, fell into that category of did we know they would even be back with the Jaguars one? And that in turn leads to the question, how big a role are you expecting? Look, the Jacks have personnel decisions to make here. How much do you just ride with what what you got that caught fire late in the year? Is this team good enough to, for the most part, keep their starting lineup just about intact? How many different starters? Look, on offense next year, we're going to have two different starters, maybe. Assuming that Evan Ingram's back, which I will assume, and assuming Jawan Taylor leaves in free agency, which I will also assume, you'll have Walker Little, who technically when the season ended was a starter. There's one new starter, and you're going to have Calvin Ridley entering the starting lineup. The rest of the offensive line intact, quarterback, ETN, Kirk and Jones. The defensive side of the ball is one you wonder more about. How much retooling do they think they need to do? And what signs do they they give us? And who they put value on more than others? Rory Robertson-Harris is a player we talked about as recently as last week. 
of being either packaged in a trade or perhaps even released to save the money is is Roy Robertson Harris as a part of that defensive line rotation that was, you know, uh, unable to get to the quarterback. Now, look, he plays a position where you don't expect 10 sacks. But I would tell you that the contenders have players that play positions you don't expect 10 sacks, and guess what? They get 11. But the Jags in extended Roy Robertson Harrison, uh, Harris yesterday. That tells you they expect him to remain a fixture on that defensive line. That's what I take out of that. And so that's one less uh, puzzle piece that they intend on moving. It would seem that would be the the message that you receive there. Meanwhile, another player who I think fits into that same category. What is the Jaguars' plan behind Travis Etienne? They extended and signed James Hasty yesterday. Or Jermichael Hasty. So he will remain, it would seem, to be the plan at backup running back. So it's not just about, by the way, both of those moves also clear cap space, which is one of the big overall goals here is before we get into outright free agency. Um, but there are two players, two positions that we weren't sure and, you know, whether or not it, it means that much with Hasty, He might still have to earn his spot, I think, with, with, you know, Roy Robertson-Harris, I think it does show the commitment they have to him as being a part of that building block. Obviously, there's going to be expected growth uh, from Trayvon Walker, and next year will be a year he'll really be under the microscope, won't he? I mean, he, he certainly had his moments. He made his plays. He, unfortunately, had two really, really bad plays that stand out in memory with those late hits that kept, well, it cost him games, quite frankly. So you're going to expect that there. Uh, Josh Allen, what do you do? Are, are you right now formulating a plan to extend him, create salary space, and make sure he's under contract for another three, four years as he heads into his fifth and final season under contract? So uh, those decisions we guess on until, you know, some direct evidence steps into play. And in case you missed it over the weekend yesterday, both those roster moves announced by the Jaguars, it looks like Roy Robertson Harris and, 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 uh, Jermichael Hasey will both remain in the team's plan. And, and look, again, don't whitewash that and undersell these decisions. How much do you want to keep the band together? I think offensively, as much as possible, and, and really, it, it's hard to even not consider Walker Little to be a starter. I mean, you're really talking about one change, I would imagine, on in the starting 11 on offense, and that'll be the addition of Calvin Ridley. And the rest will just continue to grow with, guess what, the same playbook with all that late-season momentum. Uh, defensively, I still think there's um, some some reconfiguring to do, but Aluakun and, and Harris, obviously, now after uh, this news this weekend, certainly looks like they will be, um, you know, a part of that, a certainly immediate future. Defense has got to get better. That's what's got to happen. The offense, I think, zooms into top five status in the NFL next year. I, I just really, I mean, ETN's going to get better. They're at Calvin really. Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to get better. You have a, a decent offensive line, and you've got guys now with some, some momentum, some experience within the system. I would really expect a bust-out year for the offense next year. 
And so it's the defense that's got to play catch up here if the Jags are going to seriously threaten being a Super Bowl champion. Now, it could be, look, Chiefs aren't known for their defense. They'll get after you. The offense kind of overshadows them with Mahomes and, and the way they have won two championships. But many, many years, it's that dominant Rams defense. It was what the Bucks defense was able to do against Mahomes in a Super Bowl. It's been the Patriots defense a number of years. You've got to have, I, I would bet, in most years, a top five defense. Broncos, when Peyton was down, won with defense. Seattle beat uh, Denver when when they were the team that played defense. You know, it, it's it's certainly an area where the Jacks got What did we end up with? Didn't we say 27th? Is that what we were in total defense? Uh-huh. I mean, think about that. You're not contending for Super Bowls with a, with a defense that doesn't show real big improvement next year in a number of areas. And so uh, we'll continue to kind of monitor how they accomplish that. But uh, the, the contract of Aluakan, uh restructured, created $10 million in cap space. Um, but still, it'll be that three years that he was initially signed to last year. Uh, Roy Robertson-Harris, Jermichael Hasty also helped dig out of the uh, cap. But they're still, I guess, according to SpotTrack, which is one of those that you can follow the cap along, still uh, $12.5 million under. But, you know, again, there's going to be uh, more relief that comes in the in in the form of just outright roster moves, right, and cuts. We'll talk more Jaguars football offseason plans and such when we tee up another edition of Breakfast with Baselli. Boy, if you like basketball dramatics, this was your weekend. Holy cow. Right? On all fronts, college basketball, NBA, uh, maybe the best player in women's college hoops, certainly one of them hits a a last-second buzzer beater to win. In fact, uh, Iowa did it back-to-back days. The men did it on on Saturday, and then that Caitlin Clark, she's fun to watch, man. Not a whole lot of... Um, women's basketball players for me get, catch my attention like Caitlin Clark does. And there are a few, though. She's one of them. She had a big game winner yesterday. Uh, FSU hit a game winner and in the process pulled off the biggest comeback in the history of the ACC. So we'll have more on that as we move along. The Lakers pulled off their biggest comeback since 2002. It's must-win time. And what a marquee matchup it was yesterday with LeBron, AD, and the boys trying to get some playoff momentum mustered. Uh, they took on Kyrie and Luka, fell behind by 27 in Dallas yesterday, rallied Storm back and won. Oh, by the way, Kyrie and Luka now 1-3 together. Trey Young hit a game winner last second uh, yesterday. I mean, so we had buzzer-beating winners. We had fantastic finishes. And then we had Dame time in Portland last night. Dame time. While you were sleeping, Damian Lillard erupted for 71 in a Blazers win over the Rockets. The Blazers scored 131. Uh, Damian Lillard had 71 points. Oh, oh yeah, and six assists. So that's 83. Uh, assuming a couple of those weren't three-pointers, they may have been, let's say, 85 of the 131 come from Dame time last night. And Dame uh, now puts his, his feet firmly in the category of all-time scores in NBA history. Dudes that just score. Now, that's a list that Wilt Chamberlain uh, Wilt Chamberlain would dominate. 
because he was so overwhelmed, a smaller, slower, less athletic generation of basketball player. That's not the case now. I mean, what Dame, what Damian Lillard does at his size against now opponents who, you know, the guy guarding him is often 6'6", six, six, right? 6'4", six, that's today's NBA. I mean, Lillard's doing it at, what, 6'1", maybe, on his toes? But he's now got four 60-point games in his career. That's third all-time. It's Wilt has a bunch, like 20 or 30. Kobe has five. And and Damian Lillard has four 60-plus games. By the way, he's had a 60-point game in the last 12 or 13. He's averaging some, like, 40 points over his last 12 games. 71 last night. And I mean in all shapes, sizes, and varieties. He made 13 threes. 13 man. threes, man. It was a fun day of NBA if you can go, uh, if you can wrap yourself up in it uh, yesterday. All right. A couple of battles of perception took place this weekend. Both have Saudi roots. I will explain when we come back uh, on the other side. We got more football talk as we uh, continue with the uh, offseason of the sweat shop mock drafts and other storylines of how teams approach this offseason. It's, look, the NFL offseason can change the direction of your franchise. We know the stat. It's a stat. It's a fact. Stat fact. Half the playoff field is going to change next year. That means there are seven supposedly down on their luck NFL franchises who next year are going to be dancing in the postseason party. And what they do in this time of the year is going to direct and decide a bunch of that. So we've got some um, football news and notes to get into. Can Trevor Lawrence already in year two be the Jags' first and only, quote, franchise quarterback? CBS Sports did an interesting look back at the history of franchise quarterbacks, every team's franchise quarterback, and the longest drought that they had to have one. And by the way, every time I do this, there's a pang in my heart that I'm somehow disrespecting Mark Brunel, and I'm not. What Mark Brunel did for this franchise is is overlooked. And without that piece, the Jimmys and Freds and Keenans and Baselli's don't reach the stature they do without the way Mark Brunel carried that team as its starters for that, you know, four or five year period. So, but never viewed in the scope that Trevor Lawrence is already being viewed in, in year two. So did, did Trevor, is it too early to call Trevor a franchise quarterback or did the Jags uh, break a 26 or seven year drought in between never having one considering that he would be their first. And there's some other ones too, like, the drought of one team in getting a, quote, franchise quarterback can be enormous. And, in fact, there's one that is ongoing that's in the 70s. Number one, ET, 72 years this team is still in search of a franchise quarterback since they had their last one. Shazam when we retire. I got your attention now. Up and at them, gang. It's the Monday Morning Quarterback, DivorceMenOnly.com. So happy that you are with us. We'll speed our way through this week as fast as we can. Gosh, just a couple of weeks away from the Players' Championship now and uh, so much more that comes up here on the spring schedule. So up and at them. You're listening to 1010XL 92.5 FM. 
back, back on the Monday morning quarterback, jamming, so to speak. See what I did there? All right, uh, unless the NIT is keen on taking a sub-500 basketball team, uh, the Florida Gators have most likely played their way out of any postseason appearance. The late-season colossal collapse continues. Things not to do if you're a college basketball program heading down the stretch. And I got two examples of this. Don't lose six out of seven. JU lost six out of seven. They didn't even make the A-Sun tournament, which starts today. UNF a winner over Bellarmine uh, this weekend. So they do make the tournament. And I believe they turn around and, and host Bellarmine again today at UNF Arena. So the Ospreys... Uh, March Madness dreams live on. JU's got snuffed out. They lost six of their last seven games, and that was uh, the kiss of death. Meanwhile, in Gainesville, the collapse continues. Uh, what other word can you use? It's pretty clear Colin Castleton's uh, impact, but this started when Castleton was there. Florida beat number two Tennessee by 13 points on the 1st of February. They improved to 6-3 and three in the conference, 13-9 and nine overall, and... Many well-deserved tips of the cap to Todd Golden and, and what he was doing in Gainesville. They proceeded to lose six of their last seven. The six losses, by the way, by an average of 14 points. Not even competitive. They lost by 16 at Vandy this weekend. Before that, it was by eight at home to Kentucky. Before that, by 19. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, by 19 at Arkansas. They lost by 28 at Alabama. They lost... By five at Kentucky. They lost by eight at home to Vandy. The one win stuck in between all that over Ole Miss. So from six and three in the league to seven and nine in the SEC, but more importantly, 14 and 15 overall. They go to Georgia and face Mike White tomorrow night. They end at home against LSU on Saturday. And at 14 and 15, I would suggest they win those two games or they are going to finish with a losing record overall. I don't know if the NIT even would, would want that. And, a massive rebuild, a rebuild, and so far, if you look in the offseason, as far as recruiting, and p- nothing there as far as building blocks. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in year two. Look, year two expectations are going to be a lot different for the two coaches in Gainesville, Billy Napier for the uh, football squad and Todd Golden next year for basketball. One of those, by the way, will get much more deserved attention. Uh, FSU had a nice moment in a terrible season. They pulled off the biggest comeback in ACC history. They were down 27 or 28 at Miami over the weekend. Charged all the way back. They won it on a last-second buzzer beater. Again, it was a dramatic weekend uh, in basketball, no matter which side um, or which level of basketball you were watching. All right, so I told you, uh, CBS kind of did an interesting um, look back at searching for franchise quarterbacks and how hard it can be for NFL team, the history of every NFL team's franchise QBs and the longest drought, some that are currently uh, still going. Pretty clear Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are are both franchise quarterbacks and they could get, you know, you can draft them, you can get them in free agency. The search can be uh, fascinating. The Jets haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. They've tried veterans, Vinny Testaverde, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, They've tried high-profile trades, Brett Favre. They've invested high picks, Zach Wilson, Mark Sanchez, Geno Smith, Sam Darnold. None of them has found that. So, I mean, 
been 50 years since Joe Namath was the quarterback. Not surprisingly, the Jets have not had a Super Bowl appearance. Guess what? Since Joe Namath was there. So, look, how exactly you, you know, decide what is a franchise quarterback, there's no universal definition. They came up with a formula. It's an above-average quarterback for an extended period of time for the same franchise. One, a franchise builds its team around with a legit chance at postseason success. So maybe Mark Brunel would be described as a franchise quarterback under that definition, right? An above-average quarterback for an extended period of time for the same franchise. One that a franchise builds its team around. You could argue whether they did that or not with with Mark. Uh, Measures like efficiency, accolades, longevity, postseason success all matter. Efficiency, more weight. Uh, with close calls than team success like wins and losses, which is not always a quarterback stat. But anyway, here you go. Right now, God bless the longest drought in search of a franchise quarterback belongs to the Chicago Bears, who have now gone 72 seasons since Sid Luckman was their QB. The only franchise quarterback in Bears history. 72 years ago, Jim McMahon came close, never healthy enough for sustained success. Chicago is the only franchise in NFL history without a 30 touchdown passer or 4000 yard uh, 30 touchdown passer or 4000 yard passer in a season. The only one. Hey, Jay Cutler ain't making Never good. had 30 or 4000. No. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. All right. The Jets, we mentioned there since Namath left, so 46 years. The Vikings had a franchise quarterback in Fran Tarkenton. They've had some Fleeting success with names like Warren Moon and Rich Gannon and Jeff George and Randall Cunningham and Dante Culpepper, Brett Favre, but none of them were there with the prolonged success that would define them as a team's franchise quarterback. So it's been 44 years. Again, guess what? Jets haven't been, uh, Vikings have not been to a Super Bowl since Fran Tarkenton was there. Jets have not been to a Super Bowl since Joe Namath was there. Bears have only been to one, and it, or, I'm sorry, two, and it took great defenses with Rex Grossman and Jim McMahon. Cardinals, 39 years without a franchise quarterback. Now, look, they've had quarterbacks that flashed enough to, to make them contenders, but I guess too short a window with guys like Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer. And that's really about it, really. They, do, they did say Jim Hart was a franchise quarterback. And understand that the Cardinals overall haven't even won an NFL title since 47. So, uh, Jim Hart's 18 years. Ranked in the top 10 uh, for six straight, four straight Pro Bowls. So, that is who they define as theirs. Uh, Commanders have had one, two, three, four franchise quarterbacks, but they haven't had one in 37 years. Uh, the Browns, 29 years in search of since Bernie Kosar was their last franchise quarterback. Uh, the Niners, even with Steve Young, Steve Young's been 23 years. Dolphins, 22 years since Dan Marino. Better find one NFL. This is, this is the research for my now famous platitude. NFL teams don't get better. They get better quarterbacks. Here's your, here's your example. Texans never had one. Jags, they do put Mark Brunell in the franchise category. So that's that's awesome. Trevor's coming, Mark. But uh, they about Mark Brunell, right? He earned the Jaguars' only franchise quarterback spot by leading the Jags to four straight playoff appearances and being its QB1 for nine seasons. All right, awesome. Trevor looks poised. I guess the difference here is franchise and, like, generational, that word they like to use. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks poised to take the torch after his leap in the second half. 
Wide receiver Calvin Ridley's reinstatement should only help Lawrence take his game to another level. So, But still, that 19 puts us behind a lot of them. Um, I guess the shortest would be like the Bills and the whoever's got these young quarterbacks, right? Joe is yeah. Joe, right. Joe Burrow and and they just uh, the Bucks have zero seasons because Brady's just retired. Uh, the Eagles they've put Jalen Hurts in that category. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Chiefs zero seasons. They have Mahomes. Uh, Packers zero. They have um, they put Dak Prescott in that category. I guess franchise quarterback is different. You know, that's not all-time great. That's franchise quarterback. Yeah. That's fair. If you got a quarterback who year in, year out is getting you in the playoffs and 10-11 wins, then, yeah, arguable. All right, if uh, we tee up a football fix today, it'll be a little bit later this morning. Let's, let's go ahead and step aside. I, yeah, false alarm there. The hick and arrival and more come your way next. Uh, lots of juicy stuff to get into today. Also, breakfast with Pacelli about an hour out. Thanks for being up and Adam with us. You're listening to 1010XL on 92.5 FM. Ladies and gents, please put your hands together as Dan Hicken enters the studio. I made the wrong turn. Wrong turn I huh? ended up in the Grove for the weekend. Oh, Don't yeah, ask me Grove, what happened. Huh? Yeah. Got crazy down there. Yeah, the Grove could be a good time. Coconut Grove. Jeff, oh, what sir? were you about this weekend? Oh, I had a great weekend. It was uh, fantastic. Thank you very much. Saturday night, I met out with a group of friends on Saturday night. That was fantastic. Yeah. And then I, I got up and went surf fishing yesterday morning at oh, the break wonderful. of dawn. With a, What'd you bring in? With a good friend. Ah, we caught a few. Nothing, yeah. nothing noteworthy or... News making, but I just uh, it's peaceful for me. I look I do up, it every I day. see Mets Cardinals one o'clock today. Nice, okay, wonderful. Uh, the Jags are a little tube of toothpaste these days, right? You squeeze, squeeze, squeeze the cap. Best you push can push it all forward, and uh, good for them. Figure, you know, why not take a you know get some cap room, get some get a little bit better, and they probably feel like oh, now's our time. Now is our time, and I like what's happening. I think. If you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, now look. Eventually, you run out of toothpaste, and and then you're and then you're the Rams. What's interesting <laughs> about the process this go around for the Jaguars is you get to find out which of the gang they're they're comfortable keeping together. I mean, yeah. that's, those are two pieces yesterday that as recently as last week we're speculating who their replacements might be. That's correct. And the Jaguars said, "Well, no, no, no. Obviously, they have a little higher yeah. grade and view on Roy Robertson Harris and Jamichael Hasty <laughs> as they well, I think, extend I their- think- Hasty might still be competing for a job, but Harris is. You know, I think Roy Robertson Harris, you know, played really good football over the last two months of the Agreed. season. Agreed. And so you possibly, you know, you probably want to reward and keep a person like that rather than just let them leave without having a viable option in lieu instead in place of. So I kind of like what they did. Uh, you know, whatever it is, what it is, you gotta you gotta make decisions, and 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 hopefully this week they'll get. Uh, as they head to the combine, by the way, I read this uh, little nugget uh, from Peter King this morning. Uh, there's, there's now two, three, four head coaches not going to the combine. 
because I feel like it's not there's more that they can accomplish by staying back in meetings and such, and they got all kinds of things going on. Well, they can on. bring in 30 players pre-draft. Mm-hmm. Right. right. I right. mean, you're going to get your opportunity to sit down and do your interview and ask They don't the get questions. a lot of time at the Combine with right. the players. It's and, kind there's, of a, and there's now so much scrutiny on the thing. Combine. I mean, they were literally like they transcript everything, everything yeah. and what you ask them. And then, and then from that standpoint, what your other things are just out there in the open. But so. Dougie P is going to the Combine, yeah. as is, as is uh, uh, Super Dave Balky. So... We'll be able to get some comments. and The defense has to guys. be retooled, right? I think the offense next year is going to be a top five is offense. Is this the week where now, if you're if you're an NFL staff, I'd be curious, uh, like, have you now been through enough meetings that your plan is formulated and now you see what you can and cannot execute? Sure. In other I, words, this is what we hope to accomplish I would think in a so. perfect scenario. Let's get all of this done. Like, we're going to – our plan is to keep Evan Ingram. Okay, our plan is to extend Roy Robertson-Harris. Our plan is to draft, you know, a cornerback in the top two rounds. Our plan is to... I would think, yeah. You know, I don't so think, you think it takes long, yeah. yeah. I think you probably have... You're thinking you've evaluated. Those things, just as we do, you could have asked... I mean, as far as thinking it, not having the, sa- you know, mm-hmm. the savviness that they have and the resources they have, but you could have asked us three days after the season ended or three days ago, and we would have come up with the same... List of priorities, I would think. You know, I think last night or uh, this weekend was a, a, a veritable smorgasbord of tasty sports treats. I've never, I can't remember ever watching a weekend where I saw more. Yesterday afternoon, buzzer I was beaters, catches, around. things happening that were just holy cow. Agreed. And um, basketball's never had a more dramatic weekend, well, like, I would say. If if that had been like round one of March Madness, yeah. But I'm saying basketball as a sport has yeah. never had a better. The NBA oh, was yeah. unbelievable yeah. this week. The Celtic bi- Sixers. Biggest comeback by the Lakers in over 20 years to yeah. keep their stuff alive. Buzzer beaters in Atlanta. Dame goes for 71. Yeah. And, and then you had all – FSU now owns the biggest comeback in ACC history. I would like to personally thank uh, 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 Joe U's guy, John Ruiz, who I now, for whatever reason, dislike so much. I can give you a bunch of the reasons, but – uh, that I couldn't have been happier when Mr. Troller threw out on social media with about a minute to go in the first half, FS who, and put up the Miami score. Joe you or Ruiz? No, John Ruiz. Oh, yeah. And the boys absolutely obliterated John Ruiz uh, after the game. That, that, what was so shocking about that was how <laughs> how quick FSU got back in it. Yeah. By like the 12-minute, they tried oh, by yeah, 27. They, by the 12-minute mark, they were like four points back. So, and, and then. back-to-back buzzer beaters. We had a lot uh, of Matthew that. Cleveland hit that. Uh, if you didn't see the end of the. Iowa. Iowa. Who'd they play? Michigan State. Michigan State game. That was unreal. I Those two brothers—they have these two brothers who are the son of the coach. Yeah, it's like I, it, you thought you were watching like some mid-Iowa high school game where they the, could not miss. They had about f- five or six in the last minute. E, I'll ask you though uh, uh, to do this while we talk about buzzer beaters. Go to my Twitter. I retweeted it. And it's like one of the first things on there. A final in uh, uh, the last twenty seconds of Maine high school basketball. I need that one queued up because 
That's another one of those great play-by-play moments you yeah. got to hear. The kids. We had a bunch this weekend from college um, and otherwise. But, yeah, Joel Embiid hits a 70-footer after Jason Tatum wins a buzzer beater, but then Embiid knew once it left, he knew it was too late, and so that game did not go to overtime. It was, But my point is, I'll give you another one that, you know, th- this wasn't a moment, but it was a game, and that's the kid at Florida, Jack Caglione. This is who the baseball is, player? Yeah, who is might be college's Shohei Otani. Uh, he started yesterday on the bump for the Gators. Uh, strikes out six. He's throwing 97 from the left. And, oh, yeah, he hit three home runs. And something's Sounds going like You know, that, that's like a, uh, Wilkerson. Brad Wilkerson yeah. used to be that kind of Something's player. going on with um, the baseballs in college again or the bats or They're something. Flying. Oh, man, dude. Josh Rivera's a good hitter. He don't hit 450-foot home runs. That's the catcher that had the – Tournament, well, isn't it? He's a shortstop for oh, the Gators. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he hit one yesterday. And the Gators, as a program, hit a record eight home runs in in a game. That's a little, yeah, that's they've been playing <clears throat> ball a long time. Led with by some, led by Caglione. Uh, that's a game. Uh, who went three for five with three home runs, five RBI. That's a story. Pitched four and two thirds, three runs, two hits, four walks. Um. Yeah, so. The two most interesting plays that I saw from college baseball, though, uh, happened with, with lower-level teams. One, did you see the catch the dude made? Just absolute sprinted into the, Over the waist-high fence. Yeah, that was the uh, Houston kid. Houston Incarnate <laughs> Word or something. They were playing Incarnate Word. Okay. And Houston That's kid. University of Houston. Yeah, University of Houston kid made the catch. He's an LSU transfer. Okay. Uh, in fact, his She's name. going third level in the huh? play of the day. His name is Drew Bianco. Okay. And it was unbelievable because I looked at it last And then time. did you see the lower-level college baseball where the ump show struck? Did you see that one? I did not see that. Dude hits a home run. Yeah. He's rounding first base. The yeah. first base umpire has got his back to him. He's running with him. Dude hits a home run. Clearly steps on first base. Says he's going. He goes all the way around. Ump calls him out says he misses first. Oh, boy. Which ump? The ump at first? Yeah. Wasn't back even look, yeah. Wasn't even watching. Oh, boy. Uh, and we are headed for week one. I can't wait for the first week one uber controversy in Major League Baseball. Because if what happened at the end of the Braves-Red Sox, if that happens in the regular season, it is going to be a dumpster fire, man. And that guy was wrong, by the way. That was that, that rule has got to be formalized a little bit. It's too... If you leave it to the discretion of these buffoons uh-huh. who who decide that, oh, well, you weren't ready in eight seconds, you were, then well, it's going to get ugly. Well, eight seconds left, he was not ready. He was ready. standing in the box. What well, do you got to do to head, be ready? He had his head down. The pitch! He's in the box. <laughs> uh, you, you, yeah. You you let Francisco Lindor take that strike in <laughs> in in May. And you tell me about that rule. Braves it's got to learn the rules It's got to be formalized. What happened? It's so actually, it's a this good thing. This could have been two other teams. It's actually, that would have it's a same. good thing that it happened now, if they're going to call it. Because well, you was, you got to demonstrate that, you know, in all ways, there's a bunch of different things going on here at work, and the whole – the whole listen, it is speeding the games up, but I saw something or heard it's gonna something. It's going to change the game. You got to be ready to go, dude. I heard something that stunned me, but if you think about it, it makes sense. And one of the baseball players said it, and I can't remember who, and it was on social media, but I'll repeat it because it it is a it, it's kind of amazing. He said an average major league baseball game last year, for example, yeah. was 3 hours and 10 minutes right. timely. Right. But in actual action, it's 18 minutes and 10 seconds. Actual live action. In other like words, if you just cut here's right to the, the pitch. pitch. If it's a, just a okay. pitch, it's like right. two seconds. That's, you add it all up. That's shocking that it's not more than that. <clears throat> okay, so it's about 18 minutes and 10 seconds. And then he said this, and this is what really threw me. 
An average NFL game last year was three hours and 10 minutes. And the average amount of action time was exactly the same. Well, one moves a lot So he said, so maybe our charge is to make the game more entertaining. Not necessarily, you know, try to expedite or speed up. I just have, I have reservations about giving. But the games are coming in. It's going to work. I get that. It's going to work until this power you've given these fools. We (laughs) should be, we should be stripping umpires with today's technology Uh and power. uh Not giving them more. And so for an umpire to just decide, oh, yeah, he wasn't ready and call him out. Right. You know, and again, I for the sake of this argument, I'll say the Rays and the Royals were playing, and the Royals had the bases loaded in yeah. the bottom of the ninth, a three-two yeah. count, yeah. and the umpire with the Royals batter in the box, yeah. hands on the bat, yeah. calls him out for not being ready. Isn't yeah. that what the batter's box is? The rule needs to be this: you can pitch it anytime you want. Don't complain about a pitch, a quick pitch. But if the guy is in the box and has already looked at the pitcher one time, mm-hmm. he'd already done that too. Then you can't. That's a that's a horse bleep call, man. By the way, and this is also going to happen a lot at the combine. Georgia defensive line. This is just cu- coming in from Adam Schnoop. Schefter, I believe. Schuchter? Schefter. Yeah, Schefter, like Chef Boyardee, but Tur Schefter. Okay, the gray. He is a gray. Yeah, uh, very jaundice. Yes. Uh, Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter will not participate in the workout yeah. portion of this week's combine, but will do interviews with teams and physical as agents. Drew Rosenhaus told teams that Carter will work out as his Georgia pro day. On March 15th. So, anyway, that's, you know, and I think that's going to happen more and more. And in a way, I you know, whatever. That, why would you? What's the point? Again, although you, you know, if you're some guys who need to do it, you do it. Some who don't, you don't. But anyway, uh, just throwing that in uh, that I just saw. So, <clears throat> here is, uh, uh, like, I, oh, by the way, let me give you the one-to-one financial poll question of the day real quick. And then I'll give you the play-by-play that you'll enjoy. Our one-to-one financial poll question of the day. Best local sports thing this weekend. All right. Uh, shout out to the Iceman, twelve thousand plus Saturday night, third largest crowd of the year in the ECHL. So I saw they lost Friday. Did they win Saturday? They won Saturday. Nice. So uh, there's that. There's Jack Jack's three home runs for Gata. Uh, FSU comeback over the U. Or, and I, I thought this was interesting, and I saw this from our friend Clayton Freeman, the workhorse of the Florida Times Union Sports Department. I think the uh, first team. Sports state championship in this area went to Bartram Trail Ladies and soccer. Won, yeah, and they won their third in four years. I saw the uh, and the, the 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 girls that we had on in yeah. the high school report. Were yeah, starring. Olivia Boree yeah. is uh, yeah she scores all the time. So anyway, those are the four to choose from. And my I saw my guys uh, ET from Potavidra that I went and uh, shot with. Yeah, they final still, four. Apparently, I've just I really helped the boys. You did. Yeah, and the Stallions went to the final four as well. They got by Charlie Ward in Florida High. Um, so yeah, congrats to all those guys. They'll be playing big games down, uh, down in Lakeland. Yeah, but Reball, a winner, right? Reball. BK. Reball yeah. hammered BK. Big time. So anyway, you can vote at Dan Hicken right now. The Iceman, 37.9%. That's a big of, crowd, man. Was there uh, a promotion of some sort? Not, not. That's just people going down there and catching hockey fever. I mean, 12 grand, I, there's NHL games that don't get 12 grand. Well, that's terrific. Is it safe to say that the Icemen are balling? Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah, they're, yeah. they're balling? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had the coach on Friday, Ian. Uh-huh. They, ha- they had one of the best weeks in their franchise's history. Oh, nice. Uh, but FSU's comeback over the U is right there with 33%. Uh, Jack Jack's three home runs for the Gators, 15.9. And Bartram Trail, three out of four state championships, 13.2%. So, uh, we'll do that. Okay, so Maine, it's a, it's a state semifinal. It's not a state championship, but it's a it's, – <laughs> it's a – 
it's a state, regional, whatever. And, of course, you know, it's probably being televised at main public television. And so it's a nip and tuck game. It's four degrees. It's pitch black, dark at um, two in the afternoon. Yeah. And so, but all of a sudden, uh, neither side can miss. So you're going to hear a bunch of back and forth here with from 20 seconds till the very end of the game. Uh, but you'll get the play-by-play here, and then I'll tell you what exactly happened. Boom goes the dynamite. Because it's hard to follow. Campbell. Still it's Campbell. Campbell all the way. Contested. Bouchard. It's in. And one. And one. Brilliant. Bouchard may have just sent his Scots to the regional final. One shot. This is huge. Free throw here. To win it. Sky, yeah. 1.3 seconds Eagle left. Scots. And he's done it. 1.3 to go. Baseball pass. Davies has one, has a chance. It's good. Oh, doctor. Are you oh, doctor. kidding me? Will Davies. Actually, they didn't count it. Buddy says it shouldn't have counted. We get to see it back. We have Baseball to see the replays. Will Davies with the catch. Oh. Oh my goodness! But they don't get oh, that replay. It's in his hands. Actually, D, there was one point. It. You kill it. There was one point three seconds left, and the kid caught it, and then decided to dribble it and shoot it. Clearly, didn't get it off in time, and they counted it. And they kept it counted. <laughs> I think so. Oh, there's no replay. Yeah, I don't I think they replayed no, yeah. it. So Ooh. that was a bad miss by the refs. Imagine that. And uh, but well, at yeah. that level, though. But yeah, they, they I mean, there was two other shots that the game went. Like team A, team B, team A, team B. I, I couldn't. I, to be honest, I give credit to the announcers because I couldn't tell which team they were the home mm-hmm. announcers for. I thought the first time it was when the right. first guy scored, but then the way they reacted there, I, I don't. I'm not even sure. Maybe yeah. they're just neutral, and it's on the. Uh, but I put it on Twitter if you want to look at public it. Public TV kind, system, kind of cool. All right, let's do this. We'll come back. What do we got? The 10 minute drill. We do. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Um. Just a. It could not have been a bigger fail for Liv than how they came out of the gates this weekend. Maybe the most massive fail of any prefor- professional sports organization. Wow. And who won? Who knows? Oh. Next on the drill. Okay. Hit it. <laughs> Budgeting by Vice. That was the <laughs> topic of conversation. That was the topic the of conversation. Break. Yeah. Uh, drink, drink, sure. drink. If you have a couple drinks out at a restaurant or a bar these days. He spent a lot of money. Well, he was saying he was down in South Florida. You know, he had a couple cocktails one night and then 60 bucks for two drinks. Trying to be cool. I, I, I treat my buddy, you know, yeah. you know. You're always paying for stuff. I yeah, got this I round. Got That's Ooh, almost ouch. as bad as that uh, Uber Eats breakfast tab I got stuck with. That <laughs> right? Same rate of inflation. Jeez. <laughs> and it, our point is this. We feel for you young people. Yeah, it's yeah. We it's tough. To, we grew up drinking. in an era where they were like dollar shooters, and yeah. three for one nights. Yeah. They don't give quarter, them a quarter beer. Yeah, night. they're not getting that quarter anymore. beer night. This uh. is incentive to stop drinking, man. Yeah. There you go. For yeah. Real. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you save you save some money. So you said live golf was a disaster. It's a massive fail. It's just because a ma- of you, the ratings or yeah. Well, oh, okay. Well, a million percent. They were bad. Bad does not begin to encapsulate what the live put on the air this weekend and how the audience responded. Okay. I'll give you just an example of one major market that's carrying live on CW. By the way, four or five markets said thanks, but no thanks. I would not be surprised as this season moves on, Dan. Mm-hmm. More and more of the local markets decide, now nah, we're going to show our own programming. And here's why. 
Take you to Los Angeles. KTLA is a player in Los Angeles. It's an independent station. It's a Bitman station. It is, but they, you know, they have. Did you sport. win your bet with the Bitman? Oh, killed it. Okay. Of course I did. <laughs> uh, the Bitman bet me that Liv would have the same numbers as this off event, quote unquote, for the PGA Tour uh-huh, honor, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Um, but before we get to that, well, and quintupled it. Okay. Not even close. And okay. that's with Chris Kirk and one in nine years facing yeah. a 34 year old rookie. You know why? Because it matters. There's pressure. It's competition. But anyway, back to the Liv. Let's just use LA as a as a as a market. Yeah. Okay, because you gotta understand now, this is all based on the context of whatever bill of goods Greg Norman sold the Saudis on. Right. He is gonna fall so far short that Norman might want to enter the palace with a couple of wingmen moving yeah. forward. Because he is has fell flat on his face well, you know, in uh, what he we promised. All, we all make mistakes. Sure. So in Los Angeles, it uh, got a uh, point two. Okay. You know, you know, like 10,000 people in the entire $10 million, you know, 22 okay. million person market were, were watching. Last week on the CW at the exact same time, mm-hmm. Jack Hanna's Funniest Animals in America, America's Funniest Animals, Jack Hanna's show the week before mm-hmm. got four times the audience that the Live got on CW in LA this weekend. Oof. Which, look, at some point, you're programming a, a TV station and you're giving up four times your rating just to show this live nonsense? How did the Aces do? Did they I, win? Yeah, I don't know who, which team won. I gave it 10 minutes because, as I told you before, yeah, put you it on TV and it. I decide I watch. But the problem is, and I probably would have watched a lot more if it had been in, in, in Saudi Arabia and it was on in the morning. But it's opposite the PGA Tour. There was never a point well, where I would choose. The storylines on the PGA Tour were much more appealing to me. I got... I got to think that unless Cam Smith is dueling with DJ at the top of the board, you mentioned uh, uh, Charles Howell the third one, and I saw one guy, uh, Peter Uline. I mean, these are the same. I mean, it's, are- it, it, it's, it's beyond that, though. There's no ramifications. There's no pressure. There's no competition. Right. And it's hard to get. I, I said this before, and this may be the smartest thing I've said about the live. Mm-hmm. Someone told me that. I didn't just define that myself. Here's why the live is doomed for failure, all right? Mm-hmm. They're selling a demo that doesn't exist. There is no demo of 5 to 25-year-olds that don't follow golf that are going to follow live. You follow golf in your life as a sports fan at mm-hmm. one time and one time only when you start playing golf. Yeah. If you start playing golf as a kid, you watch golf as a kid. But most people, and the reason golf's audience is older, it's not because it's an old man sport. Right. It's because most people don't start playing golf and get interested into their 30s and 40s. Yeah. So you are selling this golf is louder, team name, same uniform, to a group of people that aren't there to watch it. All right, I got to... So it's just doomed to failure. It's going to be so fun to watch this thing, to watch Greg Norman answer for this. Because if you can't draw viewers against that PGA Tour event, you'll never draw viewers. Unless you, again, unless... Play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at a different time. Yeah, speaking of the PGA Tour event, I have a question for you. So you're you're in a battle for a, a tour win, and you come to the last hole, and it's a par five, and it's you're you're 250 yards out. Um, why on earth are you taking the ball over the water 
why aren't you just going left? Was that a mistake? It looked like that's where he hit it. We're talking about won- Christian Kirk. Chris Kirk put it. I keep wanting to call him Christian. Once, yeah. once I determined he has the same name as our receiver, like it didn't even dawn on me until yeah. midway Sunday that, hey, wait, Chris Kirk, Christian Kirk. I've wanted to call Chris Kirk, Christian Kirk. But as soon as I saw it, I saw it. I, thought, you're I talking, called him Christian Kirk yeah, on TV. Right? So but, you were talking about Chris Kirk's shot? Yes. Like, yeah. Why? No, he just pushed it. Oh, he did. Because there's no other option. You got to go for the green there. Well, there's... no, but that's that's the water. You got the left side of the that's green. That's such an easy shot for them. This would be like you saying, "Well, gosh, why did you try and hit it over the water?" Two fifty, one hundred and seventy right. yards. Why did you try? That would be like if I was one seventy out. Would All you right. expect me to hit a wedge over there? No, right. I'm not, but not... That's, that's look. I'll tell you. Look, go to the playoff, and when the uh, um, when Cole hit, yeah, he was two fifty nine out. He hit yeah. it in the back bunker. He yeah, hit it too yeah, far. That's yeah. just the play there. No all one. Right, is, right. Now, if you had driven it to the left, you had a different angle. You might yeah. see someone uh, um, lay up. But the angle that those guys are at to go back. Best across, thing that happened to Chris Kirk was his drive on the playoff was in front of a tree, so he had to lay up. He's a hundred yards same, out. Same same hole. And I was watching easy it, birdie. I was watching it with my boys, and I said, you know, a, a PGA Tour golfer should get this in a circle of about ten feet. If there's a, a circle around the hole of about ten feet, and he hit it to about a foot. And tapped in for the birdie. And then a Cole, who, by the way, this is an interesting thing. I saw this. Now, his dad is Bobby Cole. Yeah. And his mom. Laura Ball. Did you see her? Did you see the video? Did you see them show her? No. Bro, if you didn't know better and they showed her and you said, what's that relation to to Cole? You'd say his girlfriend. Oh, Uh, she looked great. Oh, my God, dude. Laura Ball. She. Gainesville, uh, Florida's you, own. Buddy. You, you, yeah, you got to do the Google search oh. here, buddy. Oh, I don't know who she's hanging out there with, but that, yeah, that's the guy. Now, I also didn't know married he was, and divorced twice. I didn't know he was thirty-four either. I figured a rookie and his first time, and he looks young too. Now, it, look, she's she's got to be seventy years old, Dan. She was rookie of the year in nineteen seventy-three. That's fifty years ago. Two thousand fifteen. Laura Ball begins next chapter in golf life at Sawgrass Country Club. Is she here now? In two thousand fifteen. I don't know. Huh. I don't think so. I think they had we... seven kids together. Bro, do you see her yesterday? No, I haven't seen her yet. Well, you look at Google yes- Laura Ball yesterday. It was unbelievable. Good for Laura Ball. Like, I, there are some that, that think that, again, if you think that that was better and you watch it, I just don't know how you would choose to watch the tail end of the live with Charlie Three Sticks and, and somebody else battling for $3.5 million that, and no consequence versus a kid trying to win for the first time and a guy trying to win. They're not any better. Like, Charles Three Sticks is no better than Christian Kirk. I mean, I just because they've packed it up and sold you a lie, you you thought that Uline versus Howell was more compelling? I don't get that. Hmm. I mean, just unless you're being contrarian. But, again, you can watch whatever you want to watch. You're in the minority. No one is watching. And if, if you're raising your hand as a, a fan to live, enjoy it while you can. It can't last unless something major happens. I think we're going to get a – I think we're going to get a, uh, <clears throat> get a uh, moment of truth here for LeBron – uh, and the Lakers, he he perked up when I said LeBron. Like, what are you gonna say now? Why are you gonna disparage yeah, what, the man? king? What I'm a not, game that was! I'm yesterday. not putting up with it. The slander uh, will be tolerated. No, but he, you know, he went he went drama queen on us there for a minute. I heard it pop. I heard it pop. <laughs> and then he came back in the <laughs> game. It does pop though. He could have heard that. And so, <laughs> so he's gonna he's going to uh, monitor it. But he also now remember this is a guy like. So my point is this. If the Lakers were just being the Lakers, you know, LeBron would take the next game or two off again because he's got the little foot thing. He said it's the most but important 23-game stretch of his saying. career. So if you said that, you got to play through this one, E. 
So he's got to be out he there. Did. And I'll, and by the way, to the Lakers' credit, they've won their first two of the most important 20. Well, he went back in the game yesterday, I too. He and, I and said was... that. Uh, he, 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 uh, and I was watching, and, and the Mavs are up 41-19. And I'm buying the I heard it pop, though. That's not that. No, I'm saying he may have outrageous. heard it pop. No, this is the way Dan said that. He said, oh, I heard it pop. He did a little bit. <laughs> he kind of drama queened us a little bit there, you know. And I'm just saying, if this true, you've set the stage, though, calling this the most important games. So you got to play. You got to play through it. You got to keep going. You got to, you can't take a day off. He says he's going to monitor it. There's no monitoring. You're playing. You got to go. So, but the Lakers, that was a good win for them uh, against the Mavs and, uh, Luca and Kyrie. So, uh, and then Dame went for seventy-one last night. So Donovan Mitchell tweeted, "Mama says I got to get seventy-two now." <laughs> but you understand that seventy-one points in an NBA game is one of the top ten performances in the history of the league offensively, and we've had it twice this year. Well, and Dame and, and Dame Lillard, what he did yesterday is he now established himself as one of the great scorers in NBA history. Not right now. I mean, at the end of the day. Will Chamberlain has like 30, 60 point games in his career. Kobe has five and Dame has four. Right. Such an underrated score, Dame is. I don't know if he's under. I keep hearing that word. I just don't get it. Do we not? We've been saying Dame time and he's been doing State Farm commercials. This guy has been a superstar. What's everyone talking about? Just Just because they've lost? No, just because he's out in Portland. So he's kind of like lost out there. I don't know if, but. Again, I think that's a cliche. He's not lost out there. We all know Dame time. We all know Damian Lillard. He's an all star every year. He Isn't is he? Also every yeah. year, yeah. But it's because he's in Portland. That's but again, he's, he, he was the star. That whole State Farm with the biggest stars, he was in there too. He's not, remember little baby Dame? <laughs> like a little buttercup. <laughs> so I, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. What do you make? 13 threes, and I guess the record is 14. Yeah. Who has the record? Uh, Clay. It's Clay? Yeah. They said somebody else. Oh, Clay. Clay Thompson is 14. I think he might have done that this year, in fact. So where Dan they comes said somebody else. Well, you know, I'm, I'm saying, what, what am I? Well, how do I rate as a source? Maybe it's time. Uh, Clay Thompson. Oh. October 29th, 2018. Okay. This year, just like I said. Zach Levine had 13. Yeah. I think Clay had 12 or 13 this year. In fact, I know he had 12 or 13 this year. He had a game this year where he was uh, pushing the. Mm-hmm. 14 threes in a game, huh? 14, yeah, yeah one Clay, more. Clay's done it a bunch, and Curry's done it a bunch. Curry's got to get that record, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's mean, just, he's it, the greatest shooter. Yeah, he got I, to. he's got to get the record. You know, it's, I wonder what, what, I wonder how Dame's stats from long range compare to Steph. Tell you what, when Dame's on, man, that shot is pure. I mean, I'm that, just saying sometimes that, the net doesn't even move, it just goes zoop right through it. I know you guys, I, I don't know if you, you missed it, but uh, our guy Jake Paul got in the ring yesterday. So there's a big talk there, and I think Jake took it on the chin for the first time, lost a split decision yes, to, he did. Uh, to uh, Tyson Fury, I believe is the guy's name. What's his name? Uh, Tommy Fury. Tommy, is that Tyson's boy? It's his brother. A Gypsy King! It's his, it's his half-brother. Is it? Yeah. Well, he got the bad half then. Well, I mean, uh, he's a very handsome man. He's a model, and he beat Jake Paul, so yeah, he's doing okay. He's, he's undefeated. Not, he's not the Gypsy King, though. No, I, I think I'm not sure that makes he's him. I'm not sure clan. that not sure that makes him worse. Yeah, he's the head of Tyson is the head of the head of the Gypsies. So anyway, yeah, Tommy Tommy Fury is Tyson's brother, half brother, yeah, and he decisioned Jake Paul. His brother also did not fight. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, his brother. Other brother is not a fighter. Now, who is Jake Paul's brother? Logan Paul. 
They're that, YouTube uh, sensations. He does not Been fight around it? for a long time. Does he not fight at I all? I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, I, I don't quote me on that for sure, but I, I don't think so, no. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure we were clear. Hey, E, do we have a prize pack this week? Oh, we sure do, man. What do we got? Uh, I'm going to give away a gift certificate for a free oil change to oh, Tire Outlet. Okay. Holla at your boy. All right. Come uh, kind, come correct. Uh, 641-1010. Be courteous, and you'll be a winner uh, right now as we uh, – Come back. We got Tony Baselli coming up top of the hour. Yeah, breakfast with Baselli. I got a clean up stat. Dame Lillard this year, 38.1% from three, and mm-hmm. Steph Curry, 42% from three. So, okay. Okay. Significant. Right. That's pretty significant. That is significant. All right. Uh, it's the Monday morning quarterback. Do we have a call, or did you say already? Number three? Is that what you did? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're, not, you're not in the game. I'm doing work. Been set up. I'm oh, doing that's work. okay. So okay. All right. You shouldn't have went there then. You should have just trusted me. No, I was just reminding you the audience. I to trust you as the. Well, no. As the. No. Record guy, so therefore yeah. you should trust me as well, driving the ship on that particular moment that I set it up just fine. Hey, you hit him with the don't worry about yeah. it. Hey, <laughs> right? On and on. I'm going to not worry about it. Pull up to the moment, baby. Hey, go ahead. Let's go, boy. Queen. Logan. Uh, Logan Paul, the Googans have set me straight on the text line. Yes. Has fought. He's the one that fought Mayweather, so I guess they both fight. But Logan Paul is in wrestling. Apparently. All right, so we know that the Bears are in the market to trade. We've been reporting that for weeks. Breaking uh, news, according to ESPN, Adam Schefter is reporting the Bears are leaning toward trading that number one. Okay. Thing, you think. Here's what I would, here's my caution to you NFL teams out there. Since 2011, Jeff Prosser, six teams have traded either into the top five picks of the first round or higher in, uh, in the top five for a quarterback. Here are who they traded for, and on every occasion, the acquiring team overpaid per the Jimmy Johnson trade chart. In other words... How good were you when they named a trade chart after you? Yeah, that's good. 2012, RG3. Would have worked. He got hurt. But it didn't. 2016... Went to the playoffs first year. Jared Goff. He went to the Super Bowl. So far, I don't have a big problem with these. 2016, Carson Wentz. 2017, Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. 2018, Sudden Sam Darnold. 2021, Trey Lance. The last few, certainly. Those are the trade-ups. Those first three or four, I think if you were that team, you know, for the first year or two, you were going in the right direction, and then some other stuff derailed it. Those weren't. The Bears don't want. Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, obviously, they want a quarterback. They or they have Justin Fields. They're they're sold on Justin Fields. They're going to get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. The question is, where are you going to get him? All right, four. If you're down a couple times, if, if you're, you're the smart. best at what you do, you'll get him at fourth. But at the very least, they should. You know, again, you you're, you nailed it the first time you said it, and it makes total sense. You got to get Houston to come up to two to make sure no one. Or we're going to trade it to Indy, and they're going to get who they want. Mm-hmm. And then when Detroit's at two, then you, you say, hey, Indy, you better come up to two because Carolina's coming or whatever. Uh, Sticks Jeremiah says of the quarterbacks, uh, they're going to be starters, but they all have flaws. There's not a Trevor Lawrence or a Joe Burrow or an Andrew Luck. There's risk involved, but I think these guys have really high upside. Uh, four likely to go in the first round, Bryce Young. Uh, I'd Jer- say top 10 now, Dan. It certainly seems that's where the momentum is. Anthony Richardson's now popping at six or three or just ridiculously high places considering what he's done. But it seems pretty clear that's where it's going to settle. Jeremiah thinks that Bryce Young will measure under six feet, about 198. Under six feet? Mm-hmm, about under 198. No one is totally scared off by lightish six-footers after the success of Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. But 
it is a negative. I don't know. Wilson and, and – now, you'll grow into that. He's a young kid. Mm-hmm. But Wilson was a lot sturdier, stockier. But it, Wilson's a guy who played five years in college. Uh, C.J. Stroud, um, Jeremiah said, uh, he was not real dynamic or urgent or explosive in terms of movements. I wanted to see him play a little bit more off schedule when he got moved off his spot. I thought you could move him and get him uncomfortable – and then, of course, he played against Georgia, the best I ever saw him play. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Uh, Will Levis, a lot of questions around him. And Anthony Richardson is the fourth guy over the weekend talking with one NFL evaluator for a team that will not take a quarterback in this draft. I asked him which quarterback he liked the most. He said Richardson. Clearly the best upside, but you're going to have to be patient. He won just six football games in his short career. Maybe a classic case of a player who might be the 15th pick this year, but could be the top pick in 2024 with more experience. If you're an alien on an alien spaceship and you only watch Richardson's Utah game, you think he's the best football player on the planet. Um, but the consistency is just not there. It's a roller coaster ride that you go on, but there's a ton of talent in there. So that's some combine quarterback stuff. McVeigh, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan all look like they won't be going to the combine. As I said earlier, these guys are In other words, all the 30-somethings. Yeah, like, They're going to go to Cabo or do something no, more fun. No, they're going to do work. Oh, but. okay. <laughs> it looks like our buddy Jalen's going to get traded. I mean, he's pushing back against that narrative. I think whenever – this would be a bit of an ego blow. Yeah. Right? And it's the opposite of how his last trade took place, where mm-hmm. he dictated the terms. In this case, it certainly looks like the Rams are, are going to – Here's um, what Peter King said about Jalen. Uh, Rams trying to reverse the course from the team that hasn't had a first-round draft choice since they picked Jared Goff in 2016. Wow. If they're able to deal Ramsey for something near market value, what exactly would that market value be, and what would it mean for the Rams in 23 or 24? Um, the Rams this year have the 36th pick, the 69th pick, three in the sixth, one in the seventh, and then compensatory picks in four, five, six, and seven. They have a lot of picks, but they're all late. Ramsey will play his age 29 season this year. Last three years, PFF has him ranked as the 16th, 4th, and 11th rated cornerback in the league in coverage grades. Still a quality player. He's got three years left on a contract due to pay him $17 million this year. Here's why if I'm an NFL team that – if I'm an NFL team – that is Super Bowl ready, I would consider Jalen Ramsey. Because the, the only problem that, well. Especially in the AFC, because you got to beat Mahomes, well, you, you got to beat Burrow, you got to beat you Allen, the Bengals, you got to beat her. The Bengals know. are one of those teams that are linked to him. Yeah, you got to. And so would I give the up? The Raiders or another, they're not, they wouldn't fit your, your, that model. Now, you got to pay him a lot of money. And he, he at one point said Vegas would be a quote ideal playing situation. Yeah. And well. it's, you know. Of course, that may have been when he had a stripper girlfriend out there. He's got three years left on maybe. a contract. She was there then, so that maybe That is due to pay him $17 million this year. Which is not a bad number. He thinks the Rams could get something between a low first-round pick this year and a package of picks, perhaps a low two this year and a fourth next. That could rise depending on... Not going to get what the Jags got for him, for sure. No. Jags got two first, which they wasted. <sighs> Who do we get? It ended up, I believe, Henderson and Chason. Yeah, no? uh, Henderson. No, was they ours. were the same draft. It was Cha- no, maybe we may have. Did we get Etn maybe out of that? I don't remember. I th- maybe Etn was that other. Uh, what, what were the two picks? They were, they were. They were the late second round picks or, or first round picks. Chason, I know, was one of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Chason was. The Googans will know. They'll tell you. Is the Visca one of them? 
I don't think no. so. It was their first round. They got yeah. two first rounders for him. I don't know where. And the Rams would have picked late, probably in both of them. But anyway, so yeah, I, I maybe think, Chase on and Etn, maybe Etn. I think that. Um, uh, and then uh, King adds one more thing. Imagine next year having a first round pick for the first time in eight years, and imagine if you trade Jalen Ramsey, and then imagine what if things worked out and it was a pretty high pick, and then imagine Caleb Williams is coming out in the draft. You know, could the Rams get Caleb next Williams? Year. Yeah, twenty twenty four. Oh, so you. Take the pick in 2024. Yeah, you can take the pick right. in 2024. So, um, but yes, yeah, so, so that's some stuff to look for at the combine this week, where the quarterbacks will be front and center uh, for sure. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be wild. Uh, and I, again, I don't know who's throwing, who's not throwing, but I know this: this is a big, big uh, week for Anthony Richardson. Well, in these individual workouts, and he, will, and he will shine. I would and think he so. will rise. I would think so. And and the, you know, the reality too is. Buyer beware. You know, Zach Wilson f- flipped the ball across his body 55 yards, and suddenly he was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Until he got to the NFL, and he wasn't. Breakfast with Baselli is next. It's the Monday Morning Quarterback, DivorcementOnly.com. All right, let's talk to the big fella. Get some offseason concepts and rationalizations. The rebuild, the reload now maybe is underway. He's Don Anthony Baselli Jr. He's number 71 in your program, number the one legend. in our hearts. He's a legend. It's a legend of the game. That's what happens when the Hall calls. Legend of the game. Wow. Wow. <laughs> How nice is that? Very, very kind of you. Well, that's very true. Kind of you, I mean, know? it's fantastic. I mean, I, I put, mean, put that yeah. in your pipe and I smoke got, it. Tom. I got nothing funny to say. It's awesome. Hey, uh, Tone, <laughs> I was looking at this column. CBS Sports did this column on franchise quarterback, and the gist of the column was the droughts that some teams have had in between franchise quarterbacks. Like the Bears, they say, have not had a franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman 72 years ago. The Jets haven't had a franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. The Vikings haven't since Fran Targenton. It's no coincidence these teams also don't go to the Super Bowls uh, very much outside of that. And But I was interested to know, because I was curious as I read through it to get to the Jaguars, if they would have considered Mark Brunel a, quote, franchise quarterback. What do you think they said? I would have said Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, and he is. Yeah. There's a difference between a franchise quarterback and an all-pro quarterback or a Hall of Fame quarterback. There are generational is a word we like to use. You don't have to be Peyton Manning to be a franchise quarterback. And Brunel, you're correct. He fitted. He was nine years here. Uh, the starter primarily the entire time. Had success in the playoffs and otherwise. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Trevor will be our second franchise quarterback. Sometimes we don't, we want to act like we haven't had one yet. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think, you know, the length of Mark's career, success, Winning multiple divisions, multiple Pro Bowls, two AFC championships. I mean, to me, that's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, agreed. And I was glad to see they did because I, I was wondering. By the way, we talked last segment about the Jalen return. It, it was ETN. It was ETN, Chase on, and then there's a third player. It was a middle round pick, Jordan Smith. He hasn't exactly we're still waiting. flashed. We're, we're still waiting. waiting on Jordan. Well, we're still waiting. Yeah. We were told he was a well, developmental prospect when Tone, we drafted. What'd you think of the moves by the Jags o- over the weekend? Just some restructuring, some re-signing, and some, some recommitting to a couple of guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, the Lucom was just moving money around. Yeah. Correct. Um, I was um, pleasantly, I don't want to say surprised, but happy that they uh, signed Big Roy because I thought he played really well last year, right. especially probably the first half of the season he had a little lull in there and then came on strong was a big part of that um the success they had down okay. the stretch with his play so i like that i was i was worried with their calf situation and knowing they didn't have a much 
much flexibility to do anything with uh, Fadakasi's uh, uh, contract. Mm-hmm. They've been forced to move on from Roy, but I'm glad they didn't because I think, you know, they would have they would have gotten worse in the short run at least if if they didn't sign Roy. And then the the, the hasty thing is, I mean, it's nice. I mean, right. He had 194 yards. It's, right. You know, I think what there is more of like, you know, it's a, it's a low price contract and, and, you know, and you need depth in that room. Right. I still think, I mean, I still think they need to draft someone, you okay. know, mid late rounds or go find someone for agency on the cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I think they could draft a running back again. And now again, Snoop Connor, I mean, he's still, you know, he'll compete. I, I think another to Tony's yeah. point and what we can. Hasty's new deal doesn't mean he's still not going to compete for a job. I mean, Roy Robertson Harris is on the roster, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, is that that's I fair, would, right? I, I, uh, now, yeah. look, Tony, if Harris is on the roster, he, I presume he's still a starter, right? I would. When you think, so, okay, yeah. right? Trayvon Walker is going to be a starter. Josh Allen's going to be a starter. Uh, there's three of the four on a defensive line that that. that it never got to the quarterback. Was just Hamilton. Average against the run. 27th, I think, in total defense. They're playing the these guys are going to get better as they grow together game, or is there something else coming, or can other positions being addressed? I mean, look, that we're going to have to wait on the defense. The offense is going to explode next year. I'll stand by that prediction. Top five offense, the way things are coming together. What do you, what the defense got to catch up. What did you say? Well, about- I mean, I think, I mean, Jeff, you bring a good point, uh, but you have to also – I always say, you know, everyone has their wish list in free agency. You know, I want to get better here. I want to do this. I want to do that. I got the draft. We'll do this. But, I mean, the reality is you have cap issues. Or, I mean, you're at least you're going to be restrained by the cap this year. You also have to look at free agency. Who's going to be available? Are the guys coming available? Are they an upgrade? Mm-hmm. Are they better than what you have? <clears throat> and then you have a handful of draft picks. You're picking 24. I think you look at what's coming in the draft. So you, you – you don't make these decisions, I don't think, in a vacuum. I think you have to look at the bigger picture, and I think, you know, the math they do where they sit right now, Roy Robinson Harris is better than anything they think they can get in free agency right? or in the draft. And so you, you don't want to go backwards. Um, and you look at Trayvon Walker, I mean, he's going to be a starter. He's the first overall pick. You already made that bet. That's a sunk cost. I mean, he is, you know, and you're betting he's going to get better, which I think he will. He's a young player. And then, you know, Josh going into his fifth year. I mean, your options there are, you know, he's going to be a starter or you or you trade him. But he's going to be, you know, but you have to, you're not going to make, you should never make moves just to make a move. And and I think, right. you know, doing, you kind of do the math and look at all the different areas to acquire players. One of the areas is your own team. And the one thing you'd never want to do is go backwards. Tony, would you preemptively should Josh Allen's future in the NFL be here with the Jags? Is he doing enough as an all around player and a locker room leader that you could also attack the salary cap by from that standpoint, if they redo him and extend him three years and make it a four year deal from this point, is is that an investment you'd be willing to make? Not just because of the salary cap ease that it brings now, but that would be a bonus bottom line, I guess, should Josh Allen be a part of this, the, the future longer than this season that's in front of us? No, I think that's a, that's a complex question because one, I mean, is Josh Allen a good football player? Football player. The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. He's a good football player. Is he a dominant pass rusher at this point of his career? No, but he's a good football player. He plays winning football. Um, 
he's going to his fifth year, and whether you extend him or not, you have to start factoring in what is going to cost. What does he want? Does he want to be paid like an elite pass rusher? Or I'd be, I don't think he can do that based on uh, the tape. Does he want to be paid as a good, productive, winning football player from that, that position? Well, now you look at extending him because I think he is that right now. And all the things you said, good locker room guy, leader, good community guy, you know, productive football player, um, has still has upside in my opinion. And so that comes down to what is Josh looking for? If Josh is looking for and his agent's coming to Trent and Doug saying, hey, we want to be paid, you know, $19, $20 million like elite pass rushers do, I just don't think you can do that at this point. I think you got to let it play out, uh, let his fifth year play out. Hey, Tone, I want to ask you, if you were, if you were in charge – uh, would you put, do you put, um, do you specify heights and weights, minimum heights and weights for each position? Because one of the things that's going to happen here in the combine is those are going to be challenged at different positions. And I want to ask you specifically about a, a, a few guys. I know you haven't seen tape, but I'm just curious about your thought about size in football, being a big man who played the game at the highest level. Yeah, I think the, I think the uh, tangible, so the measurables are very important. Mm-hmm. You know, height, weight, length, mm-hmm. forty time, three mm-hmm. cone drill. Mm-hmm. You know all the different all the different things that you're measuring. Mm-hmm. I, that is part of it, and then obviously game tape. And I think you only want to. I think typically you really only want to take an outlier if something is off the charts. Like let's say a guy's measurements are not what you're looking for mm-hmm. exactly, but you turn on the game tape and it's just like holy cow, this guy jumps right out of it i mean just off the charts and then you 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 know you might make an exception but those have to be exceptions right um, because i think i think if you look at the history of the game you look at you know and it also goes to how do you want to play you know a little bit for certain certain positions um but you also i mean at the end of the day for me what the tape says is most important everything else is either confirming it or raising questions, you know, measurable, sure. you know, all the different stuff. Okay, so here's here's it, like some specifics, then. Well, we can talk about the quarterback later, but Bryce Young obviously will be undersized, and you have to make that decision because he'll probably come in just under six feet and maybe under two hundred pounds. So, again, that's that's slight in the NFL to play quarterback. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of the opinion. Now, okay. this is my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would miss guys. I I I would be worried about Bryce Young because okay. of his size. Okay. Now his tape jumps off, yep. and he's super smart, yep. and he's a leader. So maybe that's enough to overcome. Right. That size, like I would have never taken Kyler Murray number one. Ever. Okay. Okay. Um. And but you know what? I'd have missed out on a guy like Drew Brees. Correct. Or a guy like Russell Wilson in his, you know, you know, forget about. But again, Russell you're Wilson taking those year. guys. You're taking those guys in the third round, second round versus taking them number one overall. Yeah, I mean, I think if you take a top ten guy, you got to be just convinced he's the dude. Okay, like everything has, to, I think, really. Well, here's out. one. Here's one. This this one of the, there's one of the corners, and I've seen him mocked in the top ten. Is a kid from Illinois. Uh, his last name's Witherspoon, and they say he might be less than 180 pounds. Now that will that will not meet the standard that you want, the size minimum that you want. And I think about you know here comes Derrick Henry around the. I mean, right. But I I so. Eh, but if everything else jumped out and he's unbelievably quick or whatever, I don't know. I, I so well. I mean, I think it goes. Then you start looking at other things. Okay, uh-huh. what's his, is he long and just skinny? So can he grow into? You have to look at his frame. Right. Okay. Um, 
you, you look at, you know, obviously speed is critical. You look at change of direction. Okay. You, then you start looking at, okay, what kind of defense do you want to play? Mm-hmm. You know, you probably, you know, okay. if you're going to be mm-hmm. a cover cover two team mm-hmm. where your corners are going to have to play run support all the, quite a bit, you know, you probably need to, that, that'd be a little bit worrisome. Okay. Um, you know, if you're going to be more man, he's dominant man. I mean, okay. I mean, these are all things that right. go into of what you want to do. I think it's the danger mm-hmm. of just basing it simply on measurables and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Then I think you can make mistakes the other way. I think you 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 start drafting guys based on you know combine lawyers. I'll give right. you a perfect example, uh-huh. and I don't know the kid, and and sure. I, I hope it works out. But I would, I I don't think I would ever take Anthony Richardson in the first round. Okay, because he has all the measurables. Right. He's a freak athlete, right. huge arm. Right, but I've never seen it translate to production on the field. Right now. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe he was in a bad system. Right. Maybe they change the coordinators every year. Maybe, you know, you can, you go down that list. Right. But it, for me, it'd be a red flag that I get you. Well, there's also a standard. Let me ask, how, let me ask how, him one more. There's a standard of how, expectation well, because I could give you some game logs from Anthony Richardson, and there would be no part of what I tell you that would be constituted as non-productive. See what I'm saying? Fair. It's yeah, just I, I they're just smaller. They're just they're just smaller for sure. He's yeah. only started 13 games in his. Let me career. let me ask Tony one more guy uh, because this is in his wheelhouse. So you're playing on Sunday and you look up and uh, an inside guy, a defensive tackle, six uh, probably under six feet, about five eleven, maybe two eighty. Um, uh, again, that would probably not meet your size minimum, but it's this kid. Uh, Kalasia Cansey from Pitt, and all of a sudden my ears perk up because they had a guy named Aaron Donald. So I'm just, uh, uh, but would well, you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, if, if it's so, you start with the film always, right? And if the film is just like, oh my god, is that too is small guy? though to be in the NFL inside five eleven two eighty? Well, how big's uh, John Randall, who's in the Hall of Fame? That's Maybe a, six foot, six one. Okay, yeah, yeah. You've always you yeah. raved about him, so. I mean, Guys in the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, Aaron Donald, you know, Aaron Donald's six one, six two, maybe. Uh, John Randall's six one, yeah, yeah. And but you know, John Randall was undrafted, small college guy. Aaron Donald, middle of the first, would be if you drafted that class over him. I guess he's the first overall pick, right? But you know, but if you watched, but Aaron Donald six one two eighty four, but his yeah, tape you, was unbelievable. That's it. well, Aaron Donald did other things. Yes. Physically, that you're like, oh my, yeah. the explosion, the yeah. strength, yeah. the quickness, off the ball, mm-hmm. his tape was dominant. So yes. then you put all that together, you're like, you know what? Okay, that's one of the exceptions I want to make. This guy's tape is unbelievable. All his other measurables are off the chart. So he's two inches shorter than I want and 10 pounds less. Yeah. Back to, uh, ma- go okay, ahead. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're I mean, right. well, that's, you know, and going back to Anthony Richards because he's yeah. a rough guy. Mm hmm. You know, there's a bunch of red flags. Jeff makes a good point. There's times he's super productive and he makes plays. You're like, oh my gosh, this guy's unbelievable. Okay, you say you, you would. Have to, you have to look. You have to look at the history of the game too. Uh-huh. How many? You know, only 13 starts. Right. Not a great track record of quarterbacks who have that few of starts. Right. If you take him, you're hoping you're getting Josh Allen. You know, a guy that that had not displayed yeah, but, what he was going to be. Yeah, but agreed. 100%. I don't know how the numbers compare between Josh Allen and... Uh, Allen was Anthony. a 50% passer in college. He didn't have... Josh Allen was not yeah. a good thrower in college. Yeah, But, but big was, and strong and able to strong. run. Yeah, 
but he started three years at Wyoming. Couple, I think. So he had a, but maybe three. You might be right with three. Either two or three, yeah. whatever it is. So he had a he had a lot of tape, and there's no doubt about it. You know that's a, that is a good comp. Um, and so Anthony Richardson might be the next Josh Allen. I you know I would have felt better if he'd have come back one more year, even if he didn't have you know mind blowing numbers. Make no you mistake, know, I would not be com- I would starts. not be comfortable taking him. You know, in that that top. Five level. But, but my question to you is this, Tony. Don't you think somebody is going to because of Josh oh, yeah. Allen, because of Trey Lance? Would you ever drafted Trey Lance third oh. and traded up to get him? I wouldn't have. Yeah. So I but, think somebody and will. And that one's not working out as well. Let's say, I mean, well, it is the quarterback position. I mean, you know, yeah. Mac Jones went in the 17th pick. You don't yeah. think someone's going to roll the dice on Anthony Richardson? Yeah. You bet they are. Yeah. I guarantee you they're going to. Yeah. And you know what? And he might be a superstar. He might. He may yeah. be. I, I, he, is I, that, he is that talented. Yeah. And he has freakish ability. I don't know him. I don't know what kind of, you know. He's a good kid. He's smart. No, he's, he's – by all accounts, there's there's not many yeah, defects. I, yeah. Those are all things. You have to, as quarterback, you have to look at all that stuff. Right. You know, like you talk about Josh Allen. I guarantee you they said, okay, is this guy – what kind of learner is this guy? Is he smart? How does he lead? Mm-hmm. Because those are all the things you have to also. Josh try to Allen measure. was about two years, by the way. He started two game, or no, he played in two games, and then he went fourteen games in eleven games. So twenty-five games of starting for Josh Allen, FYI. So tw- twenty-seven total. Four, yeah. Well, no, the two he just played 20, in. Yeah. Oh, twenty-five played, okay. total. Yeah, twenty-five. That's total. twice as twenty twice as many as. as that's Anthony. true. That's true. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of games. So, um, but that, that's the fun part of the draft. That's why I mean, it's great. I mean, because you just. That quarterback position, you got you have to find one. Yeah, and a guy like Anthony Richardson. I mean, he just, don't get me wrong. I don't think I'd pick him. I know. But watch, he watching feels, him at times and watching his, like him, like you know his training and everything. It's like my God. He feels guy. like he'd be the perfect risk reward pick if you're eight to fifteen. <laughs> you want to roll the dice that immediately well, like, makes like, you a like Tony. What if Detroit took him sixth? Yeah, right. I'm, you I'm, got golf there. You get you get him with you know Mark and that group and let him you know. Uh, the I problem is, though, Tone, when you take them in the top ten, the clamoring begins immediately. Play them! But with, yeah, with, with Goff, it wouldn't. No, so yeah, that's, a good, that's a good place to put him. Because yeah. especially if they're winning like they were by – you know, the, the Lions basically were the Jags. They did mm-hmm. the same thing, got hot. They just didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at – I mean, I think the Lions would be a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, they have, I think the Lions have two firsts. They do. They have two firsts. Well. Yep. And so, you know, if you think you got to take him at six, that's high. Yeah. But if you say, you know what, we're going to roll the dice. We don't think – and what you do is when you pick him, like the first press conference, like don't ask about him playing this year. Right. Jared Goff is our starter. I've seen it happen many what. times, Tone. But many the, the times. Chiefs, no, Chiefs but, did it right, right? They, yeah. they let Alex yeah. Smith, who's right. basically yeah. golf. You know, they, you know, you know who else did it right? Who? It was um, the Bengals when they drafted Carson Palmer first overall. They yeah, said he would not Kittner. play this year. Yeah. He sat and for a year. Yeah, yeah that Kitna was playing – Okay. Well, makes it and easy so, if you have a guy who's playing pretty decent. Alex would play yeah, decent. Yeah, Jared yeah. Goff would play decent. Kitna had good years, so that makes it easier. Yep. So that's what I mean. So because you know, because if you get it right with a guy like this, is why the risk reward on right. quarterback different right. than a lot of positions. Because if you get it right, you've changed the franchise for a decade. Like plus. if I'm the Falcons and he's there, I would take him nine. <laughs> I would. You're a miserable football city. You never, you know, take a chance. Play Ritter for a year and let Richardson play behind him. I, I just, you know, if you have a chance, if you're one of those teams in the middle that just never has had it, that's that's what gets you, you know, well, to that I spot. Atlanta's a tough one, though, Jeff, because I think it's harder to sit 
uh, <clears throat> and your team's not good. No matter what. Atlanta well, may be good. the best. Hey, Tone, Atlanta may be the best team in the South next year. To be honest with you. That's what. Well, that and I mean, you have a second-year quarterback in Ritter. Yeah, I don't think Ritter's really, there in three, four years if they develop. But maybe. I who knows? Yeah, who knows? Tone, would you? Uh, do, are you becoming? More convinced or less convinced that Jawan Taylor will be here with his football team this year? I'm no different. I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because it's all about Sire Cap. Your boy Prisco has him as the number eight free agent available, which would mean there's no way he's here. I, I tend think. to think well, somebody's going to offer him a, a fatty. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you're Jawan Taylor, yeah. I'm not taking a deal. I'm not giving a discount right no, now. I'm not taking no, a deal. I'm no. what, the mar- what the market is. Yeah. And if I'm the Jacks, I'm not overpaying because I'm comfortable with with you know with what I have with the way Walker Little played and having Cam. I mean, I'm comfortable yeah. there too. It's just going to kind of be it's almost the imperfect storm if you want to keep a player that it it works out okay for both of them. I think. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, for who's Juwan. better, Little or or or, or Taylor? Tony, who who's going to be the better well, we football player? We haven't seen Little at right. Well, I'm though, asking. Right? He's a yeah. Hall of Fame tackle. He's been here a while. Okay, who's going to be the better player in 2023? Walker Little or Jawan Taylor? Well, I mean, if, if you just watched the tape from last year, you'd have to say Jawan Taylor. Okay, because I mean, he was the better. I what mean, forecast a little bit for me? Because I do. I think I remember seeing that um, Walker Little. One thing he did do is one game each year he had a hundred grade. Like he had well, one he, this year. He had one last okay. year. He, there's no doubt that Walker Little got better every game. Okay, and so, um, and the hard the reason you know I'm not going to make a plan a flag for either who's going to be the better guy because the hard part with Jawan Taylor is the inconsistency. Really good rookie year, mm-hmm. not so good the next two years, and mm-hmm. really really good his fourth year. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, what do you you know? So there is some questions. You know, you hope the inconsistencies out of you know, out of his blood. And then Walker Little's it's just such a small sample size still um, that you want to see more, but the, he's trending in the right direction and did a great job. Is there any scenario where you could trade Cam Robinson? Sure. Yeah. I, sure. The, the question is, is, you know, his health. You know what? What? How is that going to ding? Healthy Cam's the best of the three. No, not last year. Huh? When they were healthy, Jawan Taylor. They're all, they're all pretty better. similar, aren't they? They feel like they're pretty. I mean, some have played more than others. Some have been injured more yeah, than like others. If you, at, if you looked at the entirety, you'd probably give Cam a, a slight edge over uh, Juwan. But if you look last year, no, Juwan was the best offensive lineman on the team. Hmm. Juwan Taylor was the best offensive lineman on this football team last year. Best tackle. In my opinion. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, overall. If you look at just the consistency, okay. I guess though, if you sign Juwan Taylor, then that would might indicate to others you were gonna you'd have to trade Cam first, and then you got to roll the dice on keeping Juwan. So there's a whole little. It doesn't well, seem I mean, like chess like right. that's in their thoughts at no, all. So I might have to come back for Cam. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I doubt. I doubt they're gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. You were gonna. Were, you were gonna do that. I mean, you would know that you had a couple teams. That yeah. were Plus, a year ago, you just signed Cam to a big deal. Correct. Like he, yeah. You, know, you yeah. identified him as your franchise left tackle. I got this question, Tony. If assuming Jawan Taylor leaves, how high do you have to draft a tackle in the draft? Don't don't you have to draft one, like round two or three, or no? Well. If there's one out there that you like. They've made a living. Out These guys we're talking about, by the way, they all have something in common. They're all round two tackles. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to. I don't think it's mandatory. But, you know, I mean, if you're sitting in round two and you have a guy who, you know, 
slid from the first. You're sitting there and you're looking and you're at him. Yeah. He's, he's the highest guy on your board. And it's like, yeah, then we'll take him. Yeah. I got one last but, thing, Tone. If you're, if you're, uh, I'm seeing that Anthony Richardson will throw, do all the testing, all the drills. I hope he runs. I, I'm just curious. You know, I, I hate when the fast guys don't run. Like when Lamar didn't run that. Yeah, I really want him to run. Uh, C.J. Stroud will throw. Alabama Bryce Young will wait for his pro day. What would you? Yeah. What, what's the? What's the? Um, what's the skinny? And did you do everything? And was it more expected to do everything back then or not? I did everything. Mm-hmm. Um, people were actually a little bit surprised I was doing everything. Right. You know, I, got, I was at the beginning of people doing their pro days. Right. Was, okay. Right around my time. Okay. Um, I if I was a quarterback. And I was, you know, a top 15 first round type of guy. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see the benefit of throwing at the combine. So you don't, you don't see. So you would advise if you were an agent, you would tell me, Dan, don't throw. I yeah, I wouldn't. Okay. Now, if I'm an offensive lineman or other stuff, I would go go do everything. I mean, it's just it's a workout. It's not that mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. I think quarterback is different, and I just think that I would say, you know what? Um, I'm here for the physical. I'm here for the interview. Mm-hmm. You know everyone's coming to see you, right? It's not it's it's not going to hurt you mm-hmm. in your draft status if you're Bryce Young. That's not changing anyone's opinion of him, okay? Whether he throws or not. So why do it? Tone, is there is there last thing for me? Is there a picture, a Brady like picture, floating around of you uh, on the scales, and how did you feel like you looked back then? I don't know. I've I have no idea. Uh-huh. I'm sure it's somewhere in the archives somewhere. Uh-huh. I've never seen it. Uh-huh. Would you be um, Would you be horrified, or would you be say, "Look at that! Look at that!" Uh, 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 Adonis. He had a lot of baby uh, fat then. He knows, yeah, but he had some yeah. he had some muscle up in those arms too back then. Now, yeah, I was kind of yoked, huh? Yeah, You'd be was, fine was, with it. Yeah. Well, what did I mean, you weigh in at at that at that combine? Do you remember? Like three twenty three, three twenty five, right around there. Is that what you wanted to be? Were you at the weight you? Yeah, I was at the weight. I wanted. Word is that UC actually took more of those kind of photos under the name Mike Honcho. <laughs> Possibly, you know, I'm like, I actually, I the reason I don't really care uh-huh. what it looks like is, is because I look worse now. Right. So, <laughs> right. Well, what is it that? That's thirty years of wear and tear, my friend. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you know Brady's gone the other way. Like he's Mister Fitness. <laughs> right. He's Benjamin Button. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, maybe, maybe if I'd gone the right way, yeah, throughout the years, I would be, wouldn't, wouldn't want it coming out. I'd probably, if anything, I'd be like, yeah, look at that. That's what I used to look like, looking good. <laughs> well, Tony, you go um, have a wonderful, good-looking week. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Yeah. There he goes. That's Tony Baselli. Pride of the Jaguars. Question had to be asked, didn't it? Hall of Famer. And, of course, we'll forever. We'll live in Hall of Fame you know, forever. Our great-great-grandkids can go and just hit the hit play on Tony Baselli's acceptance 323, speech. 323, uh, here's are. his NFL combine stats. I probably should have had him on here. He uh, 78.9 inches, 323 pounds. BMI was 37.36. Arm length, 33.5. And size, 10 inches. Uh, 40-yard dash, 523. Uh, 20-yard split, 305. Bench press, 26 reps. Wonderlick, not available. Hmm. Uh, vertical, 30. Broad jump, 102 inches. 20-yard shuttle, 46. Oh, yeah. He was rocking and rolling, man. So, What do you do the 40 at? 523, it says yeah. here. NFL not, not terrible sport. for a size of a tank. 323-pounder. Yeah. All right, uh, this is The Drill. We'll come back with more next. You'd say Monday morning, quarterback, divorcemenonly.com. It all starts 
with Dan Hickett and Jeff Prosser. All right, back on the uh, Monday morning quarterback, divorcementonly.com. I got a quick player A, player B. You're not going to bog down to this, but uh, player A, player B. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm cherry-picking some stats here, Ready but the play. stats that I'm going to give you are veritable stats. Now, if we went some other stats, maybe it wouldn't yeah. you know, measure the same. Mm-hmm. Player A threw for 2,400 yards. Player B th- threw for 2,550. 23 and 25-50. 24 and 25-50. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Player A had 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. Player B had 17 touchdowns, 9 picks. Mm-hmm. Player A had a QBR of 60 with his minus 107 yards rushing. Player B had a QBR of 71 with his 651 yards mm-hmm. rushing. This isn't to proclaim that either of these players are overwhelming you with their... You're going to guess who? Do you want me to guess who? I think you know who they are, but my point is this. Why does one of those bear little to no scrutiny on his ability to be an NFL quarterback while the other gets the term potential bust thrown on him? Player A's Will Levis, mm-hmm. who threw for 24 whopping 100 yards last year, <laughs> 19 touchdowns, 10 picks, and yeah. a... Passer rating in QBR, no different, much better or worse than... Now, his completion percentage was 12 points higher than AR's, but that's really the only stat. Right. And so, my point being, I get the polarization that Anthony Richardson offers here. This Mm -hmm. is just viewed as a pro-Gator take if you're not a Gator fan. You're wrong in that case, but that's fine. I understand how you get there. But this is just too, too... No one is going, oh my God, Will Levis number eight. No one. I mean, the only time Will Levis, you, you, you push back on Will Levis is when you see the reports like you did with Richardson that they're going to trade up and take him number one. That's when you go, what? But mm. just from the standpoint, I mean, Will Levis is just accepted as a top 10 pick and no one seems to think there's anything risky or odd about that. Whereas really, statistically, he's no further along than Anthony Richardson. Um, agreed. couple uh, college notes. I'm just looking at this play-by-play from the Michigan State-Iowa game. It's a minute 34 to go. Michigan State's making a free throw. They're up 91-78 with 134 to go. And by the way, it's not like Michigan State stopped scoring, okay? They're going right. to get 10 yeah. more points. Right. So Iowa almost damn well had to be perfect. They, they scored like 30 points in the last yeah. minute and a half of the game, it's, the two teams combined. It's 91-78, all right? Now, Iowa makes a three with 129 to go. It's 91-81. to Michigan State made two free throws, so they're back up 12, 93-81 with 115 to go, okay? Iowa makes a layup to cut it to 10. Um, Iowa makes a free throw, so it's an and one, so they're down nine, all right? Then they steal the ball, and they make a quick three. That was big, right? So now we're, 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 we're making some things happen. We're down to 93 uh, to 84. But then again, Michigan State with 105 to go makes two free throws. They're up 11 points, man. Well, the minute to go. 95-84. And then. The McCaffreys took over. Oh one righty, God. one lefty also. Is that what it that. is? Yeah. And then the other thing that w- was. was The two and, brothers and, and their dad, by the way, is the coach. I felt like I was watching an Iowa high school state championship game. But that, what, what was the stare down with the dad and the ref? Did you see that? Yeah, they called. It was, uh, kind of, kind it, of, it was over a call, though. Kind of a. Dad's kind of a. Yeah. No, he's not. He's fine. I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories anyway. But anyway, so they're dead. stories yeah, the Iowa coach, yeah, Brad McCaffrey. He loses his mind a anyway. lot. He's an emotional knucklehead. But anyway, that comeback is just incredible to me because, it's not, again, Michigan State's – it's not like they're not scoring. They're scoring, you know? So, uh, they're making free throws. 
They're up 195 with 19 seconds to go, Pross. Then another three, 198. Then they make a free throw, 101 to 98. But then they miss the free throw with 10 seconds left. And Iowa gets the uh, three-pointer at the buzzer. It's that Peyton Sanford kid also. He also hit one, yeah, yeah. but he hit the last one. Yeah, he hit the But the, the other, the McCaffrey brothers went back and forth before. And then that. in the OT, it was all Iowa. They got him and they beat Michigan State. And look, it's a, again, those all those Big Ten teams, man. What Those Big Ten teams, man, they, they, uh, they get the benefit of the doubt in March Madness and bubble stuff, you know? Seems to me. Do you disagree? No. Sure seems like they get a lot of, uh, a lot of play. Because I'm like, yeah, Patrick McCaffrey and Connor McCaffrey both lightened it up with the threes for their dad, uh, Fran McCaffrey, who, my gosh, has now been at Iowa for yeah forever. For 13 years, he was at Siena for five before that, UNC Greensboro for six, and Lehigh for three. This guy's been around, man. Uh, the Gator basketball season is over. They're not even yeah. going to get to 500 as they limp it on in, and they have just gone absolutely AWOL to an embarrassing level. They've lost six of their last seven. The margin of victory on average in those six losses has been 14. Todd Golden said no something. no answers. Todd Golden said something that sort of bothered me in the postgame interview first time, uh, and that three pretty much put a dagger in us. The dagger was in you throughout the whole game. Right. It wasn't like you guys ever made got within, like, a couple points. So they're at Georgia tonight where Mike White is Tomorrow waiting. Night. Tomorrow night. Tuesday night, right. Yeah. And Georgia's going to beat the pants off of him. You think? Yes. White will get his revenge. He lost that one in Gainesville. And yeah. he'll he'll get a little bit. They of, haven't been playing very well either. Yeah, I don't care. They're better than us. <laughs> With better. no Castleton, they're better. I mean, yeah. they're just whatever. And then they'll uh, play LSU. And if they win that, they'll, the bottom line is they if they don't win Georgia tomorrow, they there will be not even NIT. You know, this team no. was 6-3 and three in the conference, 13-9 and nine overall, and they've lost six out of seven. Yeah. And three of those before Castleton got hurt, too, oh, before know. we put it all I on know. that. So, very disappointing. And the problem is, as you're trying to build a program, where are the foundational pieces coming this offseason? They're not there in recruiting. I don't know what kind of transfer portal plan you have, does but he it, have it any... seems like we're further away from being any good now than we were this time last year. Does he have any signees? He has one kid from Australia, and they're uh, they're they're still in on a four star. Is he like the kid who was at Seton Hall when they won the nat- or went to the finals? Well, Andrew Gaze, you're talking about? No, he's just a is big Australian good? dude. I don't know. It's the kind of guy you get at or San he, Francisco. Or is he more like seismic? Yeah. Some sh- Here, shim- here's shim- you know, shim- there's two ways to look at how like you get a guy <laughs> from San Francisco and you know how they win there. Yeah, you just get you get some portal guys, you get uh, some international yeah. guys, you play seven or eight and. But I would suggest that if you took that same mentality, that same roster, that same team, and you put them in the Big Ten or the SEC or the Big 12, they're going to go, you know, 7 and 11. So that better not be the – Yeah. Not Florida, you got to recruit like like Billy did and like Mike White did second best in program history. And, you know, White did get McDonald's All-Americans. He had quite a few of them. They did make runs to the NCAA tournament and win games. Yeah. I know it's easy to – you know, now we kind of rewhite Mike White as if he was a complete and utter buffoon and failure, which is right. way wrong. He's the second best coach in Florida history. So you, if you're going to replace the second best coach in your basketball's history, then you better hit a home run. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, no home runs. Uh, FSU, uh, kudos to them in a down year for not giving up. That was great. You're down 27 in the first half to to Miami. You could very easily lose by 40 and just limp home. And instead, they pulled off the biggest comeback in ACC basketball history. That was been unbelievable. Playing, been playing ACC basketball for a while, Hick? Yeah. Yeah, biggest one ever. Yeah, I haven't heard from Joe U this morning. Where they got a last-second shot there. I don't know where he's hiding, but, you know. He is hiding somewhere. All right, let's uh, 
let's, let's step aside for a quick break. It's a Monday morning quarterback divorce. Menonly.com. I mentioned Pitt, Pri- uh, Pitt Prisco. Pete Prisco's yes. uh, free agency uh, list. Uh-huh. I am going to, I don't know. I don't know if it's a pop quiz per se, but oh. I got a couple of questions about said list for Plus you. Jones. I'm ready for them. When we return, Wonderful. you're listening to the drill. Good morning, Jacksonville. Looking at Monday. Oh, I got to tell a story. Real quick. All right, good. I've been meaning to do I this. I like for a stories. While. Story time with Uncle Dan. Yeah. This is, uh, let me get this right. This is off uh, one of your stories. Off of one of my stories. Yeah. You oh. told a story. You you have many tales. Hole in one stories. Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay. No, not me personally, but yeah. And oh, so. Bitter pills to swallow stories. And you were telling one about the guy in college that you were bitter about. Yeah. Uh, I told you. Yeah, I told what's you. What's his name? Stuff. His name is Mike Spruce. I yeah. knew him when we were young. I played golf with him. He was terrible. And then <laughs> years later, I ran into him at like a club or a bar or somewhere like like at, while we're graduating yeah. age. And I had seen in the paper, you know, that local hotshot hole in one, Mike yeah. Spruce. And I went up to him and said, I couldn't believe it. What the happened? He literally said he rolled it in. So, so I'm coming back from Austin in the small world category. And okay. I see a buddy of mine. Comes up and he loves the show and he listens to the show. Okay, uh, his name is Shane, and uh, uh, <laughs> he says, "Prosser was telling a story about a guy named, I think it was Mike Spruce. That's what it was." And he goes, "I grew up with a Mike Spruce in Mariana, and he went to Florida." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I go well, and so. He tracked down a picture of him. Which you sent to me. His dad coached a lot of Little League when I was a kid. He was a baseball player. my older brother. Tried to walk on at Florida. Um, So anyway, um, yeah. So then I sent you the picture. Mm -hmm. Is this him? And you say, I think so. Yeah, it is. I, so he it, tracked it, down. He, he looks an awful lot. Like, that's him, for sure. That's so him. So he, yeah. he tracked down his sister. Okay. Um. Because he was curious. Does he play golf every weekend? I'm going to ask him. If it is him, tell him he's been the subject of sports radio yeah. in Jacksonville. He says he knows Prosser, and he got two hole-in-ones in college, small world. Yeah, two. Okay, so it was more than one. I just saw one that he did. Because like I said, I had played – like I was lucky enough to play golf growing up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I played – you know, we're freshmen, sophomores, whatever. We played golf. And like I said, he's terrible. I don't care. I mean, it was so yeah, fun, yeah, yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when I saw in the paper, hole-in-one, Mike Spruce – 141 yards. I was like, how? And then he said, yeah, he rolled it. Yeah, he rolled yeah. it. It rolled yeah. the whole way. Well, he rolled in another. So, uh, yeah. So he's so. now rolled in two, you're saying. So, yeah, so it's been confirmed and documented. That is so, you know, Spurs. when I tell you these outrageous, embellished sounding stories, they're spot on. Yeah, yeah. So, Joe C wants to weigh in. The fair and fair phone line. Joe C or Joe U? Joe U. It's got to be Joe U. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe Joe C had a hole in one story for you. <laughs> Joe U, your, your guy Ruiz has made me have some more hatred for the U, and I enjoyed. This uh-huh. is Dan Hicken, who hates everything Garnet and Gold, enjoyed FSU sticking it to that ass clown. And I loved even the, the meme of him in the background as FSU celebrated. Hey, before we get to that, let me... Uh, <laughs> no, that's the lead, was, uh, Joe You, and I then you can get segue. to what you want to get to. <laughs> great, great segue. I okay. was playing golf, paired with some guys, and uh, uh-huh. come to second hole, and the guy said, hey, 
Are you the guy that Prosser hangs up on every day? <laughs> that would be me. That's sure. me. I boy, was out Saturday. He said, he said, boy, you sure don't seem like that guy. <laughs> I was out Saturday. I don't seem like that guy who would hang up either, so we have that in common. I I was out Saturday night at a, at a, a place, and they, just the Googans and Guggenels were out everywhere. Appreciate everyone. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so about the loss, uh, and then I'll get to the NCAA. It's just tragic, man. It's, if you watched it, to say that we still can win the – ACC by winning mm-hmm. uh, Saturday. These games, we we were that game you talked about with Michigan State. We we're beating Pitt by like eight, with like four seconds left or something. A lot of our games have come down. I, I like Coach Larinaga to just work on the last one minute of games. But with that comeback, you can't. That's just you know. So kudos to FSU for not giving up. You know, I, I like Leonard. He's, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was just tragic, man. I hope <laughs> we had won every game at home this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a seven grain win streak. Yeah. I enjoyed it just because of one man and one man only. Otherwise I would have been waving the, the, the pom poms with you, Joe You, but no, that guy Ruiz, I don't like that guy. He's bad for he's bad for sport. Mm. Okay. As for the as for the NCAA, <laughs> yes, sir. These clowns spent four months on our campus trying to find everything they could. With those Cavendish girls. Go get them. Yeah. Those, those, those little... And then they find the girl and there wasn't even a violation, but the school's like, okay, whatever. The girls are famous. They got a big uh, presence. They make more money with their social media stuff. Sure, they're like the LSU business. gymnasts. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the little twins or twins aren't they? Are they just sisters? They're twins. Yeah, yeah I thought they were twins. twins. Yeah. Ruiz is a guy, and there, you know a lot of people say he's a dirty old man is what he is if he's hanging around them. By the way, but go he ahead. He was hanging around them, but, but <laughs> their family came to dinner. At his yeah, sure, man. that's but, wonderful. I saw the pictures. Ruiz is a guy. Ruiz is a guy that I like. That no, you don't. Goes what? What good is it having F money if you never tell anybody F you? And that guy is telling that to the NCAA. The NCAA is a joke, and it's ridiculous. But, you know, go We ahead agree on that, go, by the way. Go at Miami. If you want to – this is really – you guys are going to be mad, but I'm going to say this because it's true. We had a kid who was committed to Miami right. who was actually induced to another school mm-hmm. by the school claiming he had $13.5 million for him. That's the violation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What the Cavenders did by going to dinner at Reed's crib was not a violation, but – you guys enjoy it. The NCAA will always go after Miami. What's your title of the NCAA again, Joe? Because I read that it wasn't a violation, <laughs> according to them. Have a great week. Thank you, Jerry. Right. This, is not, this is not qualify as hanging up on you, by the way. But no. Boom. I just hung up on him. E, I need uh, cl- some clarification from you. Oh, wow. Uh, e and I have a little game that we play here each and every. Come on, man. Almost every day. What are you talking about? And uh, E is, a, e is a, 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 a former great athlete. From Clay County. Yeah. Okay. A, still got some skills. He still has some skills. So I like to throw this soft little like basketball a, at a him. A little Nerf ball kind of. Yeah, a little Nerfy ball. With, but a, with a leather kind of yeah. cover. I'll fire it at him. And there was one day he couldn't catch it. Couldn't catch it a, a lick. And then, But then over the time that we play the game, I came to appreciate his skills. He was tremendous. Just boom. On point. Boom, boom, oh. Catching everything. And he's okay. like, I told you, and I'm like, I believe. I, <laughs> I gotta be, I, I gotta, it. I gotta come clean. I don't know if I've ever seen one of these games. Y'all well, that's talk because about. you hightail it in the break. And I do a lot of walking. I, I'm, I'm gonna, like <laughs> right now. I can tell you already today, just from being here at the radio <laughs> station, I'm at 2,562 steps. That's wonderful. So, so uh, anyway, today again for the second time. Uh, he's having some troubles with uh, with his hands. You've 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 determined he's not really a quote Monday guy. So now I thought back <laughs> and I said this was on a Monday the other time. So now I've determined that he is not a Monday guy because 
this weekend, of course, he, he was parties. down in South Flaw <laughs> yeah. having a big time. So E, but the hen is flying, if so I, to speak. And I, it was, yeah. it was. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was sixty dollars for two drinks, and that was just uh, for him and his buddy. Yeah, and that he had to pay for. Uh, but I've got a new game here that maybe we can carry this over, and then you'll have bad Tuesdays as well. Talk to me. Uh, this uh, one of my favorite shows is back uh, this evening. It's called The Bachelor. Okay. And E, what happens is anytime they cry, we pour. It's a drinking game. Okay. Yeah. So tonight from whatever, 8 to 9, 8 to 10, I don't know if it's a two-hour extravaganza. So you have to watch The Bachelor? We watch The Bachelor. Yeah, I'm out then. I anytime the ladies cry, we pour. Whew. Man, we will be... Rough tomorrow morning Ooh, if that happens. Yeah. Well, I've seen these. We got a lot of crying I've, I, coming e, up. By the way, I, uh, what I've seen of The Bachelor, these quote ladies, you'd have to drink more if every time they said, like, unleash the F bomb or we uh, something okay. got bleeped out. This isn't the classiest group of people oh. that you'll be following. Oh, my. You, well, then again, they're willing to throw down and have sex with people after three or four days so that they can find their quote soulmate on national TV. I mean, so I'll be by around 7.50 with a big bottle. <laughs> I guess. Uh, and uh, we'll have a good time. The kids yeah. call that lit. Lit. Yeah, you'll get lit watching that. I have uh, just a quick question. We don't have to put it in maybe the, uh-huh. the form of a of a uh, of a pop quiz. I've always thought that Pete. I, I, we should take this as a compliment. I've always thought he's overrated the Jags. I know he probably sees more of them than he does a lot of other teams. Yeah, but when he does like free agent lists and court, deep down he loves the Jags. He does. I yeah. think he overranks them a little bit, but. The Jaguars have three free agents on okay. his top 50 list. I've already, um, you know, messed up. When did he? Uh, yesterday. Oh, I mean, he just, just dropped it. Yeah. Okay. I, well, hold on. I don't don't hold me to that. I, it's the first time I've seen it. Oh, we got, we got, is Lamar still at the top? Uh, and... 22 hours ago. So, okay. yeah, he went okay. yesterday. Right. Yeah, Lamar is number one. There are three Jaguars uh, free agents, however. I need to tell you who, ma- who they are that made the top 100. Well, that would be Ingram. I let uh, Ingram, correct. Juwan. Juwan. Do you remember what I let slip during breakfast with Baselli when it came to Juwan? Yeah. Okay. And Arden Key, I would say. And Arden Key. Those are the three. They're the only three Jaguars free agents who cracked the the top 100. Round it. Clap it up. Jags get three in a top 100. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) again, that's a big sign. When you actually win. It's a positive sign, peeps. Well, that's fair. When you win, I'm ready for the top 100. Players list to come out. We're going to show up there now, too, all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. I wonder how high Trevor will be on that. Oh, sixth. All right. Um, all anyway, right, so you, you we, said Jawan was some unbelievably eighth, eighth, eighth yeah, best yeah. free agent according to Pete. So if you could tell me where Ingram and Key, where do you think they sort out? Well, and I'll just give you an example. I'm going to guess. Oh, hold on, for the kind of list that we have. Yeah. All right, just just so you know, just for some examples, let me just pick some and some different. You know, um, it, Justin Houston uh-huh. is ninety first. Uh, Hayden Hurst is. 83rd. So he's big on like age. Uh, you know, Nicole Hardman mm-hmm. is 66th. Wow. Uh, DJ Chark is 59th. These are just some, okay. some basis right, uh, right. points. Well, I would guess, I'm going to guess Ingram first, and I guess he's, I think he's more valuable than, with all due respect, my friend DJ Chark. So I'm going to say 39 for Evan Ingram. 22 for Evan Ingram. Oh, my. Which I hope Ingram's, you know, uh, uh, that's you not know, good. Pete, you're are, not helping here, by the you. way. All right, so uh, where would you think then that Ar- then Arden Key would uh, play out? Arden Key's got to be like now he's young, but I'm gonna say 67, 46. Wow, 
Thanks, Pete. Pete's crazy. Thanks a lot. Pete's killing us. This is The Drill. The Monday Morning Quarterback. Divorcementonly.com. You want to get down? What you want to do? Come on. That's right. I will say this for the movie, uh, for the music of our generations. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it held up. Like, I think back to, like, imagine when you were a kid, Dan, in 1970. Young what were the kids. chances they were going to play anything from 1930 on your radio? <laughs> and yet here we are in 2023, and 1983 sounds as hopping today as it did 40 years ago. It's, well, I guess that's the what transi- we think. Maybe no, they I, don't. <laughs> no, this is look. He's a young guy. This is this still I, I love this music. Again, imagine if they played 1930s music at the Madison Square Garden for the Knicks game. Settle down. It's just don't a, you talk about the Red Hot Knicks. Um, I tell you what's I tell you what's not Un- not unbeatable Knicks not red hot and ready so, for the seas. Let me go ahead. You can put this in you know hot take over reaction. Oh, okay. Uh, the verdict is in, mm-hmm. and it uh, the live golf organization could not have been a bigger fail than it was. This oh weekend. no! It is a fail you can't come back from. It was the last thing they had in their pocket. Greg Norman called it a quote momentous day when they wrapped up their TV agreement with the United States of America broadcasting uh, stations and decided that the CW platform would fit perfect for them. And then they went out this weekend and literally no one watched. It got a well, point I'm gonna, two rating. I'm going to read a couple tweets from Live Golf Insider and let you go toe-to-toe with them here real quick so okay. you can just have some fun. Sure. Uh, these are these are tweets from uh, Live Golf Insider. While it's going, while the tournaments are going on, various and sundry things. He's got two thousand three hundred seventy-six followers. Did you, before we get hot. into him, I just want to yeah. make a couple because I watched, I sampled. Yeah. Let me yeah, tell yeah. you what I what I saw. All right. I saw the most minor league, bush league, unwatchable broadcast. The graphics just were insanely obnoxious. That was terrible. I saw a bunch of golfers in shorts. It just reeked of a men's golf trip that they decided to televise or a member guest and I heard the music wafting through the ocean breezes because I knew the wives were all at the mixer where you go to pick up your tea gift after today's round so it it was as just uncompelling as could be to me and again that's me I would much rather watch the PGA tour and the and, and the consequences that those guys are playing golf for okay anyway so yeah, I can uh, I can beat all these back. All right, here are some, just a few. Uh, Point two rating you got ET in L.A. Four times as many people watched America's Funniest Animals the week before in the same time <laughs> spot. And again, on the I same don't know channel. if these are are true or not. They're so. probably not. And there it is, Honda Classic viewership down forty two percent versus twenty twenty two. They were fighting an uphill battle playing the same weekend as Live Golf. They lost about three hundred thirty eight thousand viewers. We obviously know what those people were watching this year. Not tough was, scene. Yeah, there weren't three hundred thirty eight thousand total watching Live. Pat Perez is a US. top ten golfer in the world right now. Nobody can deny that. Glad he's playing at Live Golf so everyone can see his talent. The whole world watches Live Golf. Just turned into Honda Classic for one second. Saw Cole wearing joggers and turned it off. Maybe if they were playing for actual money instead of a used 2022 Honda Accord, he could buy pants that go past his ankles. A- actual money that's already been paid to him before they start, did he add? First team champions of 2023 were the Crushers. The Crushers. The Crushers. Go, Crushers. Charles Howell, the third, uh, walking away with $4.75 million from Live Golf. The winner at the Honda Classic gets a 2022 Honda Accord. Levels. Um, John Oran from Oran Sports Business Journal said, oof, a 0.2 overnight rating for Live Golf in the 26-meter markets. 
a Live Golf Insider. There are many more markets than 26. We all know this. So many people in the comments that know nothing. Point two is a standard Saturday on the Golf Channel. Haha, look at Amex, tur- Amex Tournament. Um, Phil Mickelson and Pat Perez both knocked down birdies out of the gate. Two machines. <laughs> Live Golf is going to win all four majors this year. Um... So just things like that. It was a massive fail. They reached no audience, and I can't wait for – Greg Norman better take a couple of wingmen next time he gets summoned to the palace. Yeah. All right? Because there have been – there have been oh, those that have been yeah. known to not He's losing. Escape. He's bleeding millions Billions. Yeah. Billions. They're paying guys yeah. and no one cares. You promised us. Why would I want to watch Charlie Three Sticks make a putt to determine if he wins $3.6 million I when mean, I can watch two other guys in a, in, in a playoff to determine their future? Yeah. I got no interest, bro, and most yeah. don't. Here's the problem with Liv and whoever the Liv world is. Here's the reality, Dan. <laughs> They have created a demo to reach that doesn't exist. Bryson DeChambeau talks about how every shot mattered on Sunday, even though he wasn't in contention. That is what people overlook about Liv. It adds an extra layer of competition. Why? Because of the team competition? Yeah. yeah. Nobody can tell you what any – it's no. dumb. No one watched. Yeah. And and by the way, the Honda Classic, whatever his numbers are, all I have is the first-round numbers, and they were up from last year. Okay. Now, granted, there was no Liv mm. on, on Thursday, mm-hmm. but – I, I don't I don't know what I guess planet. for me what struck me as I watched the Honda Classic yesterday is I don't care who was in contention I like the competition as well but I also enjoy a living legend like Jack Nicklaus sure. in the booth sitting there Correct. talking to us and right. telling us and, and here's and then, one I, then, I thought about that too raising I'm glad you money that up. and them raising money for the children's hospital down there yeah. in South Florida things of that nature so anyway that's what that's what. That's kind of what I thought of as, as we get ready. It's combine week in the uh, NFL, so there'll be a lot of storylines that start uh, coming tomorrow as, they, as the boys head up there. there are uh, It's an amazing week in a lot of ways, and it's really sort of in some ways outdated and because of these pro days now and such that everybody has to go to. So, um, But it'll be interesting. It'll, uh, we found out already Bryce Young will not throw. Anthony Richardson will. C.J. Stroud will. I have not seen yet on Levis. I had thought he was not going to throw. Has Bryce Young said one way or the other? He's not going to throw. Yeah. So he'll throw at his pro day. I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I get. I think it's. I think it's kind of still. I think it's a little old school. I think Bryce to, Young's to, got to, a little to bit. Think of, that it matters that they throw there. You okay. get to throw at your own place. That's fine. Anyway, although you can, you can. The difference is, it's com- you can dictate everything you do at your throw day. Correct. So you're going to pick out everything that he does well and have him do it. Versus the combine where they tell you you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. Okay, fine. Um, so, but I think there is a little bit of a couple years ago when Kyler Murray, we were not on pins and needles, but we were all kind of watching and waiting for Kyler Murray to see what to he get would measured, measure. right? Yeah. And I think that there's going to be some of that with Bryce Young, size and weight. Kyler Murray at least is is yeah. Thick. Here, here, look, I, you could argue, you know, people say, well, Kyler Murray and Bryce Young are. Don't play the same way. Right. That's fair. What is Bryce Young better than Kyler Murray at? He's Kyler Murray without the running ability. Right. Kyler Murray's thicker. He's a better runner. I mean, he's a, a, a dynamic runner, and he's just as good a thrower as Bryce Young. He was as good a thrower coming out. Is he? Yes. Okay. Now he was the number one pick. All so right. that also may pave the way that, yeah, but I look, up to, now, in fairness, I saw more Bryce Young than I did all the other guys combined. Okay. I mean, other than Anthony Richardson, who's not really in the conversation. I saw more Bryce Young than I saw Will Levis and, and C.J. Stroud 
combined, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud I, was great against Georgia. The, the, I saw that game, and he was terrific. But mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not sure I've seen a guy play better than Young played at Tennessee. Yeah. They lost that game. That dude just kept making unbelievable throw after unbelievable throw. Now it's a you know it's a different game. Yeah. You know the you know and I know Alabama plays with quote pro personnel and against teams with pro personnel, but not across the board. Yeah. You know what happens when that O line averages six six and not six three and a half? Mm-hmm. Does that matter? Maybe it doesn't. Uh, it's a good year for tight ends. The best tight end group I've seen in the last ten years says Sticks Jeremiah. Um, he. Has three in his top 25 of players and only two wide receivers. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, he has number one. Dalton Kincaid caught 16 passes against USC for 234 yards in October. Dalton Kincaid. Would you take him at 24? Um, I w- I'm okay taking tight end. I- I'd-, I'd rather get a guy who can get to the quarterback if that guy's there. Sticks Jeremiah says Jalen Carter has been talked about for two years by scouts. Even with all the talent at Georgia last year, there was a wait till Carter comes out vibe. Three sacks and 31 quarterback hits this year, pedestrian. But his change of direction, his strength, how he creates havoc, he's just a complete disruptor. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Carter's a top-rated player for Jeremiah. Will Anderson, though. Will Anderson has 34 and a half sacks and 58 and a half tackles for losses in his three seasons. Why wouldn't I want him over Jalen Carter? He's not a Von Miller-type athlete in terms of his ability to really bend and kind of wrap around, but he's got so much twitch and so much power in such a short area, you know, that makes him a nightmare to deal with in the passing game. So, wouldn't you take Will Anderson over Jalen Carter in a New York second? Oh, gosh. Not even close. Uh, By the way, Sticks Jeremiah also has B. John Robinson as his fourth overall in this draft class, even though he thinks it's highly unlikely a back will go that high these days. Same grade he gave to Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Bijan Robinson is oh, wow. very, very highly thought of. And so somebody will take him probably towards the end of the first round. And if that's the case, they, they may get a steal. Bijan Robinson, if he's as good as Sticks Jeremiah says. And by the way, if you want to watch stuff, NFL Network, 50 hours of combine programming starting Tuesday at 10, concluding Sunday night. 1,100 media people covering the event. So, uh, the Netflix Football League, here's a little bit more of a preview. This is from Peter King. And they do like having the three quarterbacks in three different circumstances, which is cool. I like that, too. You've got the best in Mahomes. You've got Kirk Cousins. And you've got Marcus Mariota. Um, uh, quarterbacks have rocky times, too. And the Mariota season will exemplify that. So he's better for the show than maybe Joe Burrow or Josh Allen. Um, you've got a Heisman winner, the second pick in the draft, who rediscovered his love of the game in Vegas, and now here's his chance. Did it work out in Atlanta? No. But how he got to this point in the aftermath will be significant. His wife gives birth to their first daughter. He finds out the next day he's been benched. There's a little bit of fog of war after that, and then he goes home to Vegas for surgery on his knee in three days. They say Kirk Cousins was an open book. The best access we've gotten with a player in NFL films history. Believable. First episode. Huh? Very believable. You like that? The first episode. You like that? That's what he said. In the series, (laughs) we'll end with an incredible moment. Detroit-Minnesota game in week three. The Vikings win, but Kirk had a significant overthrow on what would have been a TD. So after the game, the crew comes over to the house. Uh... Uh, He's got his big family gathering. There's a fire pit in the backyard. Kids are eating s'mores. Everybody leaves. It's kind of dark, and Kirk's there, 
and he's beating himself up over the overthrow. Uh, the project came together late. Andy Reid had to be convinced. Got a phone call from Peyton Manning. Sounded like Reid gave his blessing when he found out Mahomes really wanted to do it and that the NFL film's cameras would not be around the facility like hard knocks. In other words, they had to count on the in-house crew. Like, So the Jaguars you know, television staff would have to do it if they were doing Trevor. But they did let them give get practice shots, and Mahomes was mic'd up once a week at practice. As with Cousins and Mariota, he was wired for every game of the season. So that's pretty cool, man. Uh, we were home with Mahomes after the Jacksonville playoff game when Mahomes suffered the high ankle sprain. There's a couple of magical moments with Patrick during the Super Bowl that you'll see, and his off-platform throws are explained by the person he works with to make the precision throws. You'll see how every day he works to contort and throw on target. Basically, you're going to learn that Patrick Mahomes is like an owl. I don't know what that means. Up all night? I don't know. So anyway, I think that is one to certainly look forward to. I think that is going to be really good television, even much better than what we've watched with the, uh, with the uh, what's it, night swings? Is that what it's called? Day swings, swing the golf club. Swing shift. I know what you're talking about, though. The golf one. Yeah, the golf one. What's the golf one called, Pross? Full swing. Full, full swing. swing. I mean, I'm sitting over here struggling. I, got, I just need I you to it. yell that full swing. I got it. I'm sorry. There you go. You have it. <laughs> there it is for you. I gave six different words. What about, I had a problem with what Jason Kidd said. I might be seriously considering making a coaching change in Dallas today. Oh, dear. Why? Well, he said they had to grow up? No, it's not that. What do you say? It is. Mavericks blew a big lead. It's not me. It's you. It's it's not me. It's you. Oh. It's not me. It's you. Jason Kidd uh, did call out the maturity of his Dallas team yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They blew a 27-point lead to the Lakers. Yeah. Um, NBA teams were 138-0 after leading by that much this season. Mm-hmm. Though nobody had lost a 27-point lead. I'm sure my Hawks came close a couple times. <laughs> including yesterday, by the way. We blew one to you this year. Yeah. 20-some 25, lead. I think it was. Oh, dear. But, okay, there's a fine line you've got to walk here as a leader of men. Are you okay with this statement from the head coach of the Mavs? Okay. I'm he here. also said this yesterday to the media who asked him, dared ask him about blowing the lead. Quote, I'm not the savior here. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. Wait, what? Yeah, I think that, well, uh, hang on now. This is a guy, uh, this is coming from a guy who said, you know, roll the ball out there. I can coach these guys. I mean, it's NBA. and. So there's a little bit of truth to that and that there's only so much, you know, you still got to play defense and you got to make shots. Is that not coaching responsibility? Uh, no, it's player responsibility oh. in the NBA, isn't it? What's a when, coach going to do? I, maybe sometime along the 27-point blown lead, a, a timeout could have been better placed. Jason a, Kidd is calling a timeout. A sub, no, a sub. He's, no, you're wrong. He's taking off his warm-up point lead in suit. Coach has nothing to oh, do with it. wait, he's checking himself in. He has nothing to do wait, with so it. Co- I get So you. the coach can't. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the coach co- ain't got nothing to do with right. that. Right, 27. I didn't say he had nothing to do with it. Oh. I'm saying ultimately this is a player's league. They got, they're the ones who, you know, have all, have all the answers. So. If that's the case, then ultimately you don't need the coaches. Well, that's what Correct. Kyrie has said. <laughs> Kyrie said point blank. Well, we don't need a coach yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, if I rem- 100% remember yeah, that correctly. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So, I, I, I got a problem with the head coach saying, I'm not the savior. I'm not playing. I'm just watching like you guys. Like, don't look at me. 
Yeah. It's all their fault. Go get them, boys. I mean, that's what you just did. Your coach said there's nothing he can do. You guys are just terrible. I just think in college you could do certain things. The pros know the game. I mean, no, man. Coaching well, matters. Well, Dude, look at, yeah. I didn't say it doesn't matter. Okay. I'm saying it's all not right. as important at that level. It is ultimately on the players to say, wait a second, let's crank it back up here. You know, you they probably got complacent. When I got would agree with lead. you when you got when you have Michael Jordan or you know certain guys. Like, well, you got Luca and Kyrie. I yeah, mean, that's well, it's not. That's just okay. We need to, in this we need to score. Yeah, Luca and, and Kyrie. You guys score. Yeah, and, and they did. But Luca and Kyrie in this league now is not. That doesn't make you at the top of the power chart by any stretch. No, apparently not. Yeah. LeBron and AD are as good as anyone if they both play. LeBron yesterday was like a like playing against a junior high. He got to the fourth quarter. He just asked for the ball at the elbow, and he just backed down Bullock, your boy Bullock, over Bullock. and over and over Amy again. Bullock. And the Lakers had to have that. We got an interesting. That's uh, a good win. That's two wins for the well, Lakers. Well, there's also this. Okay, there's two ways to look at it, but this is this is somewhat amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think you're on record saying the Lakers ain't going to even make the top ten. The Lakers, well, uh, the Lakers are, th- before all the trades and the deadlines, uh-huh. I'd say now they have a better chance because these guys are filling role. Uh-huh. Vanderbilt plays good for them. Beasley hit some shots. They uh-huh. needed to do something. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. To make the ten, at least. But here, here's the reality, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, the Lakers are 12th right now. Mm-hmm. Seven through ten have to play a play, and one through six are guaranteed. But they're 12th, okay? Mm-hmm. The Mavs are sixth, yeah. avoiding the play-in. They have two more losses than the Lakers. Oh, yeah. Between between the Clips at five, they have 30 losses. Mm-hmm. And the Thunder at 13, they have 32. There's going to be a lot of shuffling going on here in these mm-hmm. last. Yeah. It, this is one of those situations. Like, if you go up to the East, yeah. if you're outside the 10, you're not getting to six. Oh, you're done. Oh, you can get to the 10. Oh, okay. But you're not getting to the six. Mm-hmm. Like, the Knicks are nine and a half back. The Bulls are 11th. They're 16 back. You're not getting – you can still get into the 7 to 10. We're in the last 20 games. Yeah, That's right. That's what I mean. There's not enough time. Whereas, But this down here in the West, from the, the, from the Suns with 29 wins all the way down to the Thunder with 32, mm-hmm. that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 teams all right. within a couple of losses. I, I'm pretty sure all eyes will be on the Garden tonight where the uh... – you got it, Celtics, don't you? We got the Celts, the season town. Uh, Knicks have won seven of yeah, eight and Knicks, five in a row. Knicks I are mean. playing good. So it's a big game right there. We got Boston, Brooklyn at Miami, and then Boston four. In I a guess row. you would just hope that the that the Sixers hold on to the three spot, or you hope that the Cavs catch them. The Nets are going bye bye. By the way, they're going yeah, to. They're going to. I think we might be able, if we play well, we could, might be able to move up past the Nets, can't we? Yeah, you're actually tied with the Nets. Then you get it's still the same question though, because yeah, Boston and Milwaukee are going to be one and two. Yeah, would you rather have the the Sixers or the Cavs? It's kind of a tough one. You kind of feel like like Mitchell has something for you a little bit. Yeah, you know what spot? But I I the, the Sixers to me are scary are scarier than the Cavs. I think we've uh, yeah. Let's take one sure. phone call real quick here on the fair fair phone lines. Four out of time today. All right, let's do it. AJ joins us. Hello, AJ. AJ what's up? I just need y'all to pray for me, man. Just What's wrong? Sit whole hand because none of my teams want to be good, man. Yeah, I hear welcome you. to my world. Yeah, welcome I to mean, our good, world. Good, good Lord, man, we just lost. Uh, why, why not just foul that guy on um, Florida State? Just foul him. He can, oh my God, the buzzer be is just killing me, man. <laughs> Oh my I gotta God. say, I kind of enjoyed that because your boy John Ruiz, he popped off on Twitter there when they were down twenty five with an FSU. I, I and, know, I, yeah, I know, I saw that. Kind man. of annoyed Shut me, and up, I, I don't, you know, I, I normally root for you, Canes, but I kind of enjoyed that one. 
Yeah, my heat, my, my heat can't can't yeah. win a game. What's wrong oh with the my heat? God. I don't know, man. You 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 think that you know Pat Riley will, will do something, but he's just sitting on his he's just sitting on his hands. Yeah, yeah. The Heat are sort of a little bit of a surprise. Don't we play? Don't we play? Um, don't we play you guys in baseball this weekend? Huh. It's usually the second weekend of um baseball season, isn't it? Well, we opened in it was Miami usually before. Yeah, I mean last year. Oh I think. no, Kane, Oh, Canes Gators. Yeah, yeah, that's this weekend. Yes. Oh, that's. Where is it, in Gainesville? You're coming up to God's country, friend, and you're going to get your ass handed to you. <laughs> there you go again. There you go again, man. He can't help himself. I can't wait for rain, rain football this year, baby. Something Let's go, Mike. Uh, there you go. I'm okay. I'm all, all right, right with that one. Thank you, friend. See you, AJ. All right. We'll uh, introduce <laughs> you to Jaguars today uh, next here on The Drill. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Clock is ticking. Hello, Tony. Good morning. Two-minute drill time as we hand off to Jaguars today. They are ready to roll with a blockbuster, from what I understand, blockbuster Monday <laughs> program. Kick off the week correctly, nice. so congrats on that. Uh, what what do you have cooking today? Well, we'll react to the Jags offseason really getting Boom. started over the weekend. You've right? got news. Yeah. Uh, with the Beathard deal on Friday mm-hmm. and then going through the weekend with the contract extensions for Roy Robertson-Harris mm-hmm. and the re-signing of Jamichael Hasty. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially our question of the day today. What's your reaction to the Roy Robertson-Harris signing and Jamichael Hasty? Yeah. Uh, with this football team. Obviously, a lot more work that they're going to do. Foye Lewican gets the right. you know renegotiation as well. So the work began this weekend in earnest. A lot more to do to get under the cap and have anything to spend on anybody. Uh, going forward for this football team. But if you had questions about how does the team view a guy like Roy Robertson Harris, right. answered. Right? Right. Yeah. That's Enough what was to extend him Good you know, point. at this point. Good point. All right. We'll have a big show. It's uh, Mike, it's Tony, it's Jaguars today, and it's coming up here at the top of the hour. Uh, we'll put the wraps on our Monday edition here, Jeffrey. It's been the Monday morning quarterback, as always. Yes. Brought to you by our friends at uh, DivorceMenOnly.com. See you tomorrow.